I love my cat that I found on the side of the highway, but she's fucking evil. She's an a-hole. And, and, and even the guys will tell you, like, we, we love her, but she's a... Uh... Don't talk about my cat like that. <laughs> <laughs> even the guys See? will tell you. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Like you guys didn't hear. She said, don't talk about my cat like that. Then she goes, she's a witch. That's right. Okay. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Steve, and Sid. Everybody and welcome to Trophy Wars. This episode, Triple Nickel. That's the five, five, five. I'm your host, Jake Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend. It's Alex. I know the NFL playoffs are going on right now, but we're fielding a real playoff quality team here on Trophy Wars this week. He used to be. God, I, I got to come up with a new intro for you. Mm-hmm. Well, you pretty uh, much blew it there when you said his name before the big, you know, pomp and circumstance. It's Daryl. You blew it early. It's Daryl. But uh. And he is the man who is still convinced Breath of the Wild is a Zelda game. It's Magi. It doesn't take much convincing when it actually is. You it's know, not- I don't I don't get why Tricky, we have guests that come on to share their their you know their free time with us, and then you gotta insult them by giving them lame intros. Now, you know what I don't get? How me and our two guests are both on camera and you're still hiding behind a non camera situation. Look, man, I told you, it slows down the computer, and I don't want to have to reboot this computer mid-show, so this is the way we do things. And also, they were, weren't people complaining that you weren't on camera? You're not on I'm camera on, in the chat. I'm on camera right now. Or, no, you're or, not. You hey, just wait, people maybe, maybe he's uh, still in the bathroom. You never know. I, I appreciate it, Alex, because, you know, I'm asked to be a guest on the show, and the first thing he does is give me shit about Zelda Breath of the Wild, and then in the show notes, he writes a whole lot of ha-ha-ha-ha-has next to my zero-count platinum. Well, okay, to be fair, the reason I came up with the Breath of the Wild intro is because you're literally wearing a Legend of Zelda shirt right now, which, when I looked at you, that's what popped in my head. Not Not to mention... I, I think it's worth knowing. I got yelled at literally five seconds after I asked Matt G to be on the show. I got yelled at by his wife. Well, yeah, because it's not just his time. It's her time as well. No, she was upset that I invited him and not her. I mean, maybe it wouldn't hurt to have her on the show once in a while. I invited her on the show. She said no. Well, you know, sometimes it just you just like to be invited to the ball. It just feels good to be invited. Daryl's talking, but there's nothing coming out of his mouth. Let's be real. Name a uh, someone that you would consider more of a Zelda expert than Matt G. Me? What, the, what are you talking about? You, get out of here. Get out of here, Tricky. The only thing you know about Zelda is that linked, uh, Link to the Past is your favorite Zelda game. That's all you know. And, that, and he says that. We, there's no real proof of it, because out of all the games he's ever played and streamed, have you ever seen him stream a Zelda yes, game? Yes, I have. I've streamed Breath of the Wild, and I've streamed Link to the Past during your uh, campaign to call me a liar during the backlog beatdown. Well, he's got plenty of evidence, but here, okay, let me ask you this question, listeners. This. So, 
if you were to if you were a true Zelda fan and you found a box copy of A Link to the Past and it was your favorite game, would you not buy it or at least ask a friend who found it to buy it for you? I did ask you to buy it for me. No, you did not. I you just I, said it was the best Zelda game ever, and that's all. I sent. I said buy it for me. He did not, folks. I found a box copy of uh, not sealed, but it still, but it had the box and everything at one of my local game shops. Like I found the sealed copy of Heavenly Sword for a hundred dollars today. Um, so I, I sent nice. a, a picture to Tricky of the box copy of A Link to the Past because I know that he likes that game a lot. And all he said was best Zelda game ever. Nothing you know about buying it. Nothing like that. All right, hold on, hold on. Alex is right because the message buy for me never sent. <laughs> I'm looking at my text messages right now. Matt, if you were a true Zelda fan and it was an old school Zelda game, there was a box copy of it. Would you not want someone, if you didn't have it, would you not want somebody to buy it for you? If they had access to it and I had the ability to send money quickly, absolutely. freaking Okay, there how much go. would, Matt, how much would you have paid for it? Box copy with everything intact? I'd probably pre- go upwards of uh, uh, 150 Okay, I'm looking at the picture right now, and I'll show it to uh, the stream. I don't know if you guys have the Twitch stream up, but here's the picture of it, if, if it focuses. I don't know if it's going to focus. It's not focusing. Anyway, $219.99. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, that's richer than what I would go for it, but it doesn't mean it's unearned or undeserved. All right. Let's get back on track here. Uh, what are we doing? Because I was going to give... Oh, I I have a PSA. And it's kind of a funny story. And I don't, I don't think you guys are going to find it as funny as I did. But I recently bought some new thermals. And you guys can see I'm wearing them right now. So I'm basically wearing like underwear on the show right now. Um, are, are, are we all or are none of us? I forgot the rules. Um, But... I used to wear thermals that are like the, that are, uh, I, I, rough is the wrong word, but they had some texture to it, like you could feel them on it. These are so freaking silky smooth that I wore my, I was wearing my jeans and my pants fell off my ass and I never even felt them. So, cautionary tale, if you're going to buy silky thermals, wear a belt or at least suspenders. No underwear though. Uh... Okay, that legacy's in the chat. He says, "I come to see the skill. Good, come. Good that you stopped by in the beginning because that's when the skill normally comes out." He's also, "I just got flashbang by an Obama phone." Um, I'm not gonna go there. I'm just gonna say, uh, uh, this is the Fold Four. I love this phone. I even like the. I I wish you guys could see it. Uh, I have a PlayStation moving. Uh, background. Let me see if you guys can see it that way. Nope. Can't see it that way. That white, big white mark, that's the PlayStation symbols rotating. Anyway, let's get back on the show. Uh, let's do our updated trophy count. I am level 810, total trophies of 23,754 with 622 platinums. I got five more this week. Don't need to say what they are because they're all spam. Alex? I am... Level, none of your damn business there, Tricky Mick. You nosy bastard. Uh, this, I is Al- this is Alex's stall because he doesn't have the agenda up. Uh, I forget that it's coming every single week. Level 468. That's what she said. 
Level 468, total traffic count of 8,333 with a platinum count of 135 in 134 games. Uh, Nitro says, sorry you came to the wrong place if you're looking for skill, Latin legacy. Oh, damn, both you shake your head at the same time. <laughs> that man, I was shaking his head if I couldn't see them. Uh, yield is level 485, total trophies of 9,064 with 162 flat, flat, uh, platinums. He has a new platinum this week. Sid is level 445, total trophies of 5,653 with 157 platinums. I'm sure he got one this week. Daryl, I don't know because you did go to the agenda and update your trophies. Uh, I did not, but I am a level 687, total trophy count of 16,672. With a platinum count of 377, my latest platinum, I believe, was my name is Mayo 3. Nope, Pinball Heroes. But my name is Mayo 3 was my first platinum this year. And Matt G. I am level 217 with a total trophy count of 1,248 and zero platinums, as I mentioned earlier. And despite Tricky's mocking me, I'm very pl- proud of my zero platinum count. I'm a little scared because Daryl just went off camera and came back with a whole bunch of boxes and bags. He's not even listening to this because his headset's off. Uh, Proven Bot wants to know, if you could only wear comfortable or fashionable clothing for the rest of your life, which would you choose? Comfortable all day long. Matt? Comfortable. Absolutely comfortable. Hey, so we're, we're bantering for a minute while Alex is rebooting and stuff? Yes. Got two stories for the podcast. Oh, God. If you're willing to hear them out. Oh, boy. All right. <clears throat> Story number one. I have been negotiating a Facebook Marketplace deal for like two weeks now. It was supposed to be 39 PlayStation 3 games for $200. I thought $200 was a little high when I buy in bulk like that. I try to keep it to the $3 range. Four to five dollars a piece gets a little pricey, especially because if you're going to get a lot of 49 games, there's going to be a lot of sports games in there. Sports games, at best, I'll pay a dollar for just because there's no resale value in them. And aside from wanting a complete collection, there's really no point in having them. Okay. Most people don't replay old sports at, games. At least you pay Although, more than GameStop because GameStop only gives you like 49 cents. Right, and then Resident Daryl will give you a dollar. But that being said, I've been negotiating this deal with these people, and they've been very pushy with me coming to pick up ASAP, and they've been flip-flopping on the price, okay? So they, we've been going back and forth, and I'm like, look, there's about four or five games I'm going to buy out of this lot regardless. If you can't meet me where I want to be as far as price goes for the whole thing, that's fine. You keep them. I'll just buy the ones we I committed to. So that being said, I go and today I drive all the way out. These people it's way in BFE and they bring me the games and they, they, they messaged me last night. They said, fine, we'll do $150 for 49 games. I was like, perfect. So we get, I get out there. Um, they come out to, they come out of their house cause I meet them at their house and they've got armloads of games. I'm like, perfect. 36 games. I'm like the ad that we were negotiating was 49 games and they're like, no, we, this is all we got left. We sold some yesterday. I'm like, mother freaky. We just committed to this. And then you sold some. So I said, well, I'm not paying $150 for 36 games when the majority of them are sports games. I was like, I'm just not, I'm not willing to do that. And the number one game I was after you sold, uh, X-Men origins Wolverine. That was the one that I wanted. Cause that resells, you know, anywhere from 40 to 60 bucks. If it's complete, 
and in good condition. I already own it. So I was going to essentially buy the lot, pull what I wanted out of it and sell the rest. So I get a handful of games. Now they're dropping them. You know what I'm saying? Like we're trying to do this little handoff. We're standing outside. There's like a, someone's got an arm load here. Someone's got an arm load here. I've got a handful. I said, well, tell you what, let me do this. Since I drove all the way out here, I'm going to buy the games I committed to. You sold some of the ones I wanted. So I pulled out a few games. I start checking the boxes and I know I missed one as I was kind of shuffling through things. And like, here's a, here's a portion of a stack. Here's a stack, whatever. I ended up getting five games for 20 bucks. So we get to our final destination. And then while everyone's out doing their thing, I go back to the van and I'm like, let me double check that last box. Guys, I opened up a copy of Tony Hawk five. Okay. On Xbox one, which wasn't supposed to be in the deal to begin with. But I was like, hey, if you're, if you're bringing them out here and I can get it for four bucks, I'm taking it. I opened that junk up. Not one, but two dead roaches in the case. Oh, Yummy. It was so That's bad. why they were trying to get rid of them. Bro, I, I picked, I, I, I got Shaq Fu for PS4. That was also not supposed to be in the deal, but I mean, it was there, so I took it. And like... I got it, and I opened it up, and there was like spider webs in it. I'm like, "What are you? What are uh, the freak are you doing?" I'm burnt. I'm burning that case right there. Like, I know, no spider, no uh, spider webs. I, like, if there's like, a web, there's a spider near around. That's all I'm saying. Somewhere. What was the yeah, one so game I, you wanted that they ended up selling off? Wolverine. X Men Origins oh, Wolverine. Sorry. Yes, you did say that. That yeah, that one was sold. And now I did get Spec Ops the Line, which I already owned, but they had a copy of it. My PS3 copy is not complete. Right. I have it on Xbox One complete, but I didn't have PS3 complete. So, all right, pause one I second. was after that one. Alex, you back up? Yes. All right, go ahead. Okay, Alex, you said you 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 saw a copy of Heavenly Sword sealed. Yes, sir. Did you pick it up? I did not. It was a hundred bucks there, and I've seen it online for like half that. So I think they're right. overcharging at that uh, collectibles market for it. Hundred percent. So what I have in my hand right now is one, two, three, four, five. Five unopened packages and a box right here. I've been sitting on these for like two weeks now because my kids are supposed to open all these for me. In one of these packages is a copy of Heavenly Sword Complete that I just picked up. Um, I've been buying games offline and I've been stacking them. And my kids, I'm going to have them open them. And then we've got this one single small can of root beer. In my fridge, they keep arguing over. <laughs> and every, I kid you not, every day the kid, one of the three, will ask me, "Dad, can I have the root beer?" No, because you guys were arguing over it. I'm not going to give it to you, and I'm not going to buy more root beer. There's going to be the one, and it's going to sit here and torture because you. you guys all fought over. And you guys could be tortured. Exactly. <clears throat> so, if, if I'm ask a key question, what kind of root beer is it? Uh, I wish it was Barks, but it's A N W. That'll do, though. That'll do. A N W is good. You got to make a root beer float with that, though. Exactly, and that's what they want to do because we've got the the Costco's premium um, vanilla ice cream, so good. So check it out. Um, just for, just for the record, the only root beer you should use for root beer float is AW, hands down. I don't I don't disagree with that. I like Barks root beer. I think that one tastes the best. But, but I think A and W root beer in a float is really Barks root beer by beer. itself is the best. But if you're gonna make a root I beer agree. float, it has to be A and W. I agree. 100%. I agree with that 1,000%, actually. I think that is sound, solid advice, and I, boom, I dig that. So check it out. So what I told him I'm going to do is this. I'm going to pass out these, these, there's three kids. I got six packages. One of them's got 10 games in it, though. Some of them have two. Some of them only have one. So what we're going to do this week, probably tomorrow, maybe, 
is they're going to open it. Whoever has the most valuable game in it gets the root beer. <laughs> I like it. And the thing is, is I've been sitting on these for so long now, I don't even know what's what. I do know that one of these has two Nintendo Switch games in it. One of them has one Nintendo Switch game in it. One of them has Heavenly Sword, Heavenly Sword in it. And then th- I, don't, I don't have a freaking clue what's in the 10. I know there's a copy of Batman Arkham, one of the Arkham games in it. But it was a random lot of 10 games, and I bought it for to, for them to shoot a video and then never did anything with it. So, anyways, you said Heavenly Sword, and I was like, man, I got all these freaking packages and Heavenly Swords in here somewhere. All right. Go, uh, moving on with the show a little bit. Not that I, like, <laughs> we don't appreciate the Dell stories. Uh, Nitro says, I support Alex's thoughts on Breath of the Wild being a Zelda game. Well, nobody really cares about your opinion there, Nitro. Mm. I do, Nitro. We do, Nitro. And Latin Legacy says, My neighborhood crackheads take better care of their games than they try to sell me. Bruh, it was nasty. I've seen some stuff lately, dude. I got a video I'm getting ready to do. Basically dumpster diving, essentially. We found this random place full of games and stuff. Well, it was a random spot, and we found games in it. Holy crap. Are, are, are any of those ga- games have a rarity? Mm, the trophies might be rare. Yeah, speaking of rare trophies... We have an update from Garrett, who sent in an audio. Uh, you're also going to be able to hear this on the Loop Brothers uh, when they release their show. But sit back and relax, because Garrett went full in death. He gives us a 13-minute update to the Rarity Contest. He did a really good job. Greetings from the UK. Welcome to the first edition of the annual Rarity Contest update. Um, we're into week two of this now uh, in collaboration with the Loot Bros podcast and the Trophy Whores podcast. You can find details of the contest on Facebook under the Trophy Looting Group. There'll also be updates on, on each of the podcast's uh, Facebook groups as well. Um, it's been a really successful start so far. We've had more people join as we've, uh, as we've gone on and it's got more exposure. Um, we're two weeks into it now. And points seem to be flowing, certainly the second week more so than the first. So I'll get into updating the tables for you. I updated it on the Trophy Looting site, albeit the images of them are not the, not the greatest, but I have sort of split it into two. Um, those of you who have seen it on the, on the group will notice that I've also added a couple of other statistics, which will be quite interesting to go through over the year so the first one is the rare for each per each contestant their rarest trophy of the week that they've earned and, and in what game that is and they're also also their, their rarest trophy of the year uh, and obviously as they get rarer um i'll update that i would have thought i'll be updating tricky's first seeing as his rarest trophies earned in 2023 is at 92.11 and proud That's of a bit it embarrassing but there we go So what I'll do is I'll do the table in reverse order from top to bottom. So we have two new entries this week. So they have only had their baseline trophies taken today. And that is Darth Knight 82 and the Grounded Gamer. So they will go into next week's update. So propping up the table is Tross0726, who has an overall score of minus five. Next on the the leaderboard, 
the bearded nerds. Zach has yet to get off the mark, zero points. Not played anything yet by the looks of it, seen as there is no trophies earned since December. Um, just going back to uh, Tross's um, trophies, his rarest trophy of the week is Slake Buster in Guardians of the Galaxy, which has a 50.37% rarity value. Next up from the Beardners is the Kamish JT, that once he and he has moved up. He's gained five points this week to take him into the positives. So he's out of the negatives, at least. He's on two points with um, his most rarest trophy being in Final Fantasy Crisis Core, male completionist, a 43.81 rarity value. Next up is Kalai, and she has been, she's managed to take herself away from the Switch and PC gaming, and she's done a little bit on the PlayStation. Uh, she's on level points with JT on two, uh, and her rarest trophy is Acrobatic in Neon Abyss, 24.86%, so an uncommon trophy there. Not a game I'm familiar with. Next up, Tricky Mech. What can we say about Tricky Mech? A whole lot. 6,613 common trophies since the 1st of January. First um, Come at me, bro. Not much going on else other than that on the other sides of it. Um, his most recent, most rare, his rarest trophy, knock off the rust, God of War Ragnarok, 92.11%. Brilliant. Above tricky is Sadak. It comes in. Uh, Sadak is on eight points uh, with an increase of five this week. Combo creator, Earth Defense 4.1 at 29.25%. Dropping down the table, the brain seventy six. Riley has in, has increased. He's uh, has has got plus three, uh, very rare increase. So that's worth five five points each. One of those. Uh, however, he did lose four of his rare trophies, so he lost twelve points. So only a net plus three on that basis. But he is uh, a little jump up from eight points, which was tricky. He's on thirteen. With nine, uh, a nine weekly increased score, but sadly didn't earn a trophy this week. Resident Daryl is next up. He's moved off the bottom, was on negative three from last week. He is now on plus 15 with his latest and most rare, his rarest trophy, Bulldozed in Gotham Knights, 45.84% rarity. Level on points with Resident Daryl is Stink Farm. 15 points, has done 15 points this week. Never been better. Minecraft Dungeons, 13.73%. So a rare trophy. Yeah. Homer gets stuff next. He is on 22 points within a weekly increase of six, but again, not earned a trophy this week. However, his rarest trophy to date of the year is Stargazer in Dragon Age Inquisition at 18.95%. Next up, from the UK, Dupes25. Dupes is on 43 points, so a 21-point gap now between 
high between Homer and Dupes. Uh, he had a 24 point increase this week, uh, and a pretty rare trophy actually made it his fourth degree in Hidden Agenda, which is one of those um, that you play games or something, you know, with the uh, user mobile devices. Not played game. it myself, do own it like a lot of these games, but not played it. MZ Nitro has dropped down from fourth place. And he is on three points ahead of Dupes on 46, an increase of 15. He still sucks. And he is Major. Night Cup, Ma- Mahjong, Royal Towers. Not a game I own. Probably won't ever own. But uh, yeah, 19.94% rarity. Not as rare as his overall. Jack of all trades in Mafia 3 at 15.22 is his rarest to date. Okay, so I think we're now in the top eight. eight. Top eight. So in eighth place, Yield. And Yield has moved up the leaderboard and he had a 28-point increase. Is on 50 points with his rarest this week of Completionist Shadow of Tomb Raider at 18.67%. Seventh place, big jump up for CJ, the original spam artist. Obviously doing a bit more rarer hunting these days, um, despite his 90,672 common trophies. Um, total points of 52 and, at, and a, at a weekly increase of 36. And his rarest trophy this week is full crew in The Witcher 3, 13.03%. Top six. Joe, Mr. TMNT84, makes the top six. 74 points overall. 34 points this week. His, oh, no, I tell a lie. That was wrong. I was reading someone else's. He's on 56 points with 30 points this week. And his rarest trophy, new paint job in Monster Jam Steel Titans 2, 17.71%. Mies goats a lot. Is next. At fifth, all the way from New Zealand, and Mies goats a lot. 74 points, an increase of 34. Dapper Kappa in Bug Snacks, 24.14% is his rarest trophy of the week. Top four, and Alex from the Trophy Horse podcast, yeah. Havoc, comes in, and he's the first of our contestants to break the 100-point uh, barrier yeah, yeah. with a huge increase of 83 points. He's on 109 points overall and he earned Legend of Weird West, which was the Platinum Trophy in Weird West, a uh, re- new game that came out. One, it, one I do want to get. Um, heard good things about it, but that has put him up into the top four. Big increase. Well done, Alex. Another big increase, Redbeard Rick from the UK. He posted the biggest increase, the weekly increase um, out of anybody, 98-point increase, giving him 117 points overall. And his rarest trophy, he achieved Platinum Trophy, nice original name, in Fallout New Vegas, which was a 6.95% rarity, so a very rare trophy as per PSM profiles. At number two... Mar dropping one, Marky Fraser, 
on 121 points, increase of 63. I believe in a higher power. Gems of War, a 2.92% rarity. So an ultra rare uh, this week he did achieve. Which gives him three ultra rares overall, actually. So pretty good going from Marky. A little bit embarrassed to say it, but number one is me. Um, Not fixed at all. But oh, don't be totally fixed. Totally fixed. With a weekly increase of in 95, me. and my rarest trophy was uh, the Platinum in Star Wars Battlefront 2 at 4.23%. Uh, 95 points this week. So that's the league table that is posted up on Facebook in the Trophy Looting group. Um, what I would also do is just I'm going to give you. The top five rarest trophies of the week and what they are for. And again, the rarest trophies of 2023. It'll be a regular thing, certainly of the week. The the rarest trophies of 2023 I'll do is maybe every month once there is a a change to it. So first off, the top five rarest trophies of the week is uh, Jubes in number. So this is of the week. So fifth place, fourth degree hidden agenda by Jubes. And that was four. Well, fourth degree is for... Felicity burns to death. Not good for Felicity. Number four, Legend of Weird West. And that was from Alex, and that was a platinum. Number three, Fallout New Vegas, platinum from Rick. Um, Number two, the platinum trophy for Star Wars Battlefront 2 by myself at 4.23. And the rarest trophy of the week was attained by Marky Fraser, which was, I believe, in a higher power on... In Gems of War, DLC pack 25. So just a few trophies in that one. Um, And that was for Reach Kingdom level 15 in Five Kingdoms. Um, The top five rarest trophies of 2023. So this is going to be obviously very similar. There is one change though. Um, Hidden Agenda trophy fourth degree drops out. And is replaced at number one spot by Yield, who was for his trophy Pro Team in Deep Rock Galactic, which was to earn silver promotions for all dwarves, and that carries a 1.15% rarity value. So that is the trophy to beat um, if you want the rarest of 2023. Um, the next one to be knocked out is Legend of Weird West at 9.76%, which is which is Alex. Um, that is pretty much it for week two. Obviously, this may well be a, a regular feature. Um, I may well be on the show at times as well and we'll do a live sort of discussion, bring people on um, if if that if you know that's uh, an option. But I hope you all enjoy the contest and. Um, yeah, until next time, take care and uh, keep earning those trophies. Cheers. Thank you, Gareth, and well done, sir, on being number one. Great job. Yes. All right. So before we get into what we're playing, some comments from the chat. Leg- Legacy, this is for Daryl. Here in the Bronx, there's a guy that sells junk on the street. Your normal struggle, just hustle, just trying to make a few bucks. No lie, though, this guy gets his hand on some old, complete, in box games from time to time. I can't catch him all the time due to my work hours, but I try to see if he's there as often as I can. So maybe you want to hook up with Latin Legacy, see if uh, he can hook you up with some stuff there, Daryl. Hey, man, I'm all about some PSP and PS Vita stuff, dude. Like, that's, uh, I've got a couple guys like that too. Then, like, they don't necessarily care about 
what they have is just selling it quick. And I've learned some of their hideouts. See, now that I work from home, I'm escaping throughout the week and I'm learning. Oh, these are these are where they're getting stuff. And one of the things I just did, I just filmed a video at the Goodwill Ben store where they bring in these giant pallet loads of stuff and they just dump them three times a week in this building, in these bins. And when that door opens up at 10 o'clock on Wednesday and 10 o'clock on Friday, it is, it's fight night. These people are just destroying, just go, I mean, diving into them and throwing stuff. So it's and like, so it's like I Black Friday. These, it's wilder because it's trash. <laughs> <laughs> Black Friday was, I mean, <clears throat> but I went in this past Wednesday, right? And they have this giant pallet of DVDs, Blu-rays, video games, and dudes are bringing, like, digging, right? Like, you, you get these trash bags at the door, and it's they, you, you throw stuff in there, and they weigh it on a scale, and you pay by the pound. So some days it's a dollar, some days it's a dollar eighty-nine. Depends on the day. Depends on the weight. And no joke, these freaking dudes, this one dude pulled out like seven or eight PSP games, some PSP movies, all kinds of stuff. Like it was, it was freaking wild. I'm like, man, I was there 15 minutes behind him. Like I got there at 10, 15 and he already stole all kinds. I mean, stole, but you know what I'm saying? It was crazy. I will say, Daryl, that where we were today, where I found that copy of Heavenly Sword, they did have a bunch of PSP games. I didn't see any Vita games, but I did see some PSP games. So if you are on the lookout for something, you can, you know. Let me know, and I'll see if I can find it at this place. I need to put together a list, really, of what I'm actually looking for, because I know what I have, and I use the Game I app. So like when I'm out and about, I'm just like, scan it. Do I have it? No. But I need to put together an actual like list of, here's what I'm hunting for. So... Right. Yeah, the reason there's no Vita games is because me and Dell Howard to get all of them on uh, Vita Island. <laughs> also, I, <laughs> we got, we're hoarding. I will say, I don't know if Daryl's noticed this, but one of the game, the um, you you know, when you're out, usually you can find a ton of Xbox 360 games, you can find a ton of PS2 games, you can find quite a bit of you know, um, like uh, just really uh, PlayStation 3 games, stuff like that, PS4 games. But like the GameCube is one of those consoles. I go in and I see maybe like. And this is a place that has like Sega CD games, so they get their hands on some rare stuff. But you go in and like GameCube games, like you see maybe eight on the shelf. Like nobody is like reselling GameCube games. It seems like at the very least at the shops that I'm going into. Yeah, there's there's a few guys around here that re- that that sell them, but there's also a couple guys here that like freaking hoard them junks. So yeah, that's that's definitely not something. I just, I will say this. I know, Triggy. We got, I know we got to go. You're doing a great job as a host, remind us. But I just picked up a sealed copy of Donkey Konga 2 and sold it. <laughs> All right. Let, uh, as much as we love the stories, we are like literally 40 minutes into the show. We haven't even got to what we're playing yet. Uh, Alice, start us off. What have you been playing, sir? So I got the Platinum Trophy, as Gareth said, in Weird West. Uh, really good game. Uh, trophy list, uh, because. There are 28 missable trophies in the game, or thereabouts. It is one of those games that you do want to play with a guide, which is very annoying, uh, which is something I really didn't like, but the game itself is very fun. Um, you know, you can you can do stealth, you can go in gu- guns blazing, like, there's different ways to attack each situation, you know, set in the, in the supernatural west. Like, it, it's a cool concept, and it's executed really well, so Wolf, I did a great job on their first game, their introductory project. Uh, I will say, though, you know, I don't really like when trophies are tied to moral decisions because in one of the chapters you play as a protector, which basically uh, uh, a First Nations uh, indigenous person, um, 
and you are trying to stop the spread of the Wendigo throughout the West. And there are two trophies, like two separate paths you can take with this person. You, and by the end of the trophy, you can give an agree, or by the end of the chapter, you can give in to greed and turn into a Wendigo, which there's a trophy for that. But then also, if you do that, your character dies essentially because your uh, the people of your tribe hunt you. So you, uh, one of the other trophies in the game is by the end of the game, you have to have all five characters from each chapter to come together at a temple and be there together. So turning your character into a Wendigo negates that trophy. So you kind of have to play that chapter twice. And I don't know, to become a Wendigo, you have to do greedy actions like, you know, like uh, people ask you for their land deeds back because someone's stolen them, but then you steal them and then you can extort people for money for those deeds and uh, and then sell them to the bank later. So I don't really like when, uh, like I said, where morality is tied to a trophy. I kind of wish that that was like left out of it because... The game I'm currently playing now, Biomutant, um, there's, there are moral choices in that, but they don't affect the trophies. So I just kind of we- wish Weird West had stayed away from tying trophies to certain actions, particularly, you know, choosing whether to be a good person or a bad person. Uh, but overall, a very good game. Uh, but like I said, Biomutant's the next game I've been playing. We got it free for PlayStation Plus, and I finally decided to check it out. Open world RPG, you get to design your own little uh, animals will run around. Basically, humans destroyed the Earth, and in ex- by extension, by polluting themselves. So there are no humans around. It's just animals, mutated animals, and this this you know this world filled with nuclear waste and oil and all this you know just a terrible place to live. But it's a very bright, beautiful game in some spots. Other places, you know, like there's a dead zone, but you know there's some like forested areas. Some places there's a tree of life that's dying. That you know, part of the adventure is saving that to try to to save the world. Uh, and defeat like large giant monsters called the world eaters so i'm having fun with it there's a lot of customization uh crafting you know scavenging for parts to build weapons on the fly but uh yeah i'm enjoying it so far it's a it's a fun third person combat game with shoot shoot uh, like you know gun play as well as you know just melee combat so i'm i'm enjoying it so far so yeah i don't know if any of you all have played biomutant yet no it is on my Not list yet. though I had started I it. it when it came on to plus and uh, I just got distracted real quick. See, I will, cause that's one of the things is I was looking at now when I'm trying to play games, cause I was trying to decide what to play next after weird West. And I was actually going on a PSN profiles and looking at the rarity list of all these trophies. So, you know, yield had just gotten a platinum trophy in uh, a plague tale innocence, which is a, you know, a, like a 15 hour platinum one playthrough, chapter select pretty easy to get, but I looked at all the trophies and they're like all common trophies. So it's like, being a part of this competition is making me think that, you know, of course, you know, you still want to beat the games. You still want to get platinum trophies for the backlog beatdown. But when I looked at something like Biomutant, pretty much all the trophies on PSN profiles are rare trophies. And I thought like, oh, wait a minute, this is for PlayStation Plus. So wouldn't you figure that these would be more common since people don't have to buy the game? But then I'm also thinking because people aren't investing their money in the game, they're just trying it. Maybe people are just starting it and then after, you know, they get distracted like Matt and they stop playing. So you have a bunch of people who, quote unquote, own the game, but yet they don't get very far in it. So that leaves the trophy list kind of like super rare. Yeah. So all your plus games are going to be where you get your rarity points, in my opinion. You think because so? Because for that reason right there. Yeah. So I was surprised. So all the trophies on that list are rare. And of course, now that I've said that, anyone in the trophy competitions would be like, oh, yo, Biomutant's looking extra sexy this week. So. Well, don't, <laughs> de- definitely don't tell Daryl that because Daryl's whole plan is to wait until people get rare trophies. Then he's gonna go play those games just to knock down the, the well, rarity. That's he's only gonna do that. To you. <laughs> yeah, I'm only sniping Triggy. <laughs> Bad G, what are you playing, sir? I spent most of the week last week in bed with 102 fever, so I didn't get to play a whole heck of a lot. But 
What I did squeak out was I finished my run through of Pokemon Scarlet, completed all of the three main storylines and saw credits on that. So I'm now just going back through seeing what Pokemon I can collect and doing some post game cleanup. I, after watching a speed run of Super Mario Galaxy 2 this week from Awesome Games Done Quick, I decided to go back and play Mario Galaxy 1 since that's what I have from the Super Mario 3D collection. And again, that's such a fantastic Mario game. It's, I can't believe they made it available again. I, I just wish they did the same thing for two. Then I also have been playing Elden Ring with a bunch of friends. They had released this. It's called the Seamless Co-op Mod, where you throw a file into your Elden Ring files on the PC and now you can play Elden Ring with your friends from start to finish without having to do all the silly summoning and de-summoning after bosses. And it's just so much more fun just being able to go wherever we want. It does come with some glitches and crashes, but it's easily you can just rejoin and continue on your way. And finally, I got myself back into MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries. It's been a hot minute since I played that game and I got stuck on a mission when I quit it about two years ago but i started a fresh save and going through all the motions and i'm taking my time with it uh, i used to be really big into MechWarrior back in the days, so i after reading some things that they did with the dlcs i'm happy with the direction the game was taking and i decided to give it another go and that's all i've really been doing this week you played a lot of games <laughs> yeah well I'm what else do you have to do when you're sick well, no, uh, he started off by saying I didn't play much because I had to was been 101 fever. I think he listed off like six days. Yeah, but I mean, the <laughs> thing was, I, m- thank God, out of all weeks that I got sick, it was when Awesome Games Done Quick came on. So I could just sit and stare at the screen for most of the week. But once I started feeling better, I needed to get some game time back on. So I, I clocked in some good hours. Yeah. All right. Just update. Giants have won. Rangers have lost. Well, uh, and just and and Daryl, you know, you're, I know that uh, your wife had been sick recently. Hopefully, she's feeling better. She's good. She's much better. Thank you. All right, so Daryl, what have you been playing, sir? Uh, playing a little Dead Space Two on the PS3. I've never beaten Dead Space Two on PS3, uh, so I was like, you know what? I get some trophies. I'll play that. Um, I've been playing a little bit of Gotham Knights, chipping away at that one. Freaking love that game. I'm waiting for you to get to the end. Yeah, I'm 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 savoring it. it. You know what I'm saying? Like I definitely don't play it when anybody's around. I don't play it when there's background noise. Like it's just me and Gotham Knights. And who's your main? Man, I'm do what? Who's your main? Uh, I think Bad Girl's probably my main. Um, I've been switching through because you told me to make sure I did all the little challenges the, and the yeah, not, the, the night knighthood stuff for everybody. Yeah. And I started off. It was Bad Girl, Nightwing, Red Hood, Robin. Okay, in that order. Bad girl is still technically my main, but I've gotten where I really like uh, like Red Hood a lot. Like I started playing it like it was a shooter. Like I did the whole clay face section and I was just bagging up. And <laughs> that boss fight was amazing, by the way. Yeah. Like that whole that the bosses are so well done. The story's so well done in this game. Like uh, uh, the story, I, I thought was uh, lacked a little bit, honestly. I, I, so maybe the connective tissue and the the general like moment to moment right. but the way i'm playing is i'm playing it like i do all of the side stuff every night 
And then I go do like whatever the main objective is. And then it's like, oh, you have the files and you have the information to go do this boss thing. So then I'm, I only did the Clayface stuff. And now I'm only doing the Mr. Free stuff. And before that, I only did the Harley Quinn stuff. So for me, the way, the order in which I'm playing it, it is very good. It's very well done. I thought that all the Harley stuff was really good. I thought all the Clayface's stuff was awesome. And then now I'm really digging the Mr. Free stuff. So I think it's great. But the way I'm playing is also very specific. I don't know if it's right or not. I don't care. It's letting me play however I want, and I'm really enjoying it. So uh, for the Loot Bros podcast, we're doing a game club on Mass Effect. So I started Mass Effect 1 from the Anniversary Collection, or Legendary Edition, whatever it's called. I played a little bit of that game, and then I did probably the first half hour to an hour of the quarry. That one's pretty good. I'm actually doing that in watch mode. So I don't know if you guys know much about the quarry, but you can play through it. And it's like a, um, it's like uh until dawn, essentially same company. And this one's more of a teen slasher takes place at a, uh, the quarry actually at this camp, but it gives you the option to play the game, play the game with people or watch the game. And yeah, if you go into watch, mode, that's Alex's favorite like, thing is to watch, watch games. Like Say what? That's Alex's favorite activity is to watch games. And get trophies. I mean, uh, you know, hey, to each his own. You know what I'm saying? But like, I was like, you know, I was down in my, in my weight room and I was getting ready to work out. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I can get on the treadmill and just play through the quarry. And then I was like, oh, I forgot I had a watch mode. So I just turned on watch mode. And as I'm sitting there doing my routine, I've got a TV mounted in my weight room. And I'm watching this thing. I'm like, this is dope. This is cool. So playing through the, um, through the quarry now. And then my most recent Platinums, I said earlier, were Pinball Heroes. Those are PSP games ported to PlayStation Premium with trophy support. Uh, definitely recommend them, Tricky, especially for you. Uh, One-hour-ish Platinums. They're PSP games. Yeah, it's I, just I, like, I used to play the Pinball games. I never really got into them, though. Th- these, are, these are good for trophies. It feels good. As soon as, you, as soon as you start every single pinball, it gives you a trophy for just playing that on that, that pinball machine. Uh, it, you know, the trophies aren't hard to do. You get a high score, but it's got a rewind mode. So if you like start losing all your balls, you can just rewind it. I hate it when I lose so, my balls. I hate, I know. I love that I can rewind and get my balls back. And so, but I, I got the platinum on the PS4 and the PS5 version. So. Yo, this That's is two it. jokes that Alex Dolby would have jumped in on. He's <laughs> quiet. What's going on with you, Alex? I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. Low-hanging fruit, <laughs> which at this point with how old you are, your balls might be low-hanging too. So. I was about to say how no, old we are. Our balls no, are no. low-hanging fruit. All right. And the only thing I've been playing all week is God of War on the PS4 and the Division 2. Oh, and I played the five spam games. But, okay, I, I want to defend myself from the spam games real quick because the five I got this week. Because I said I was going to take a break. I was annoyed that they kept popping up on my PS5 uh, main screen, so I just cleared them out. So... The only thing on my main screen now is just legit games. <laughs> I, I had to get them off my system. Those dang spam games just popping up out of nowhere. Like, who invited you? Tricky. The only thing you need to defend yourself on are those sorry-ass chicken wing pictures that you're putting out trying to think that you're they're somehow those, seasoned. No, oh, oh, my God. You know, I'm not going down that path. We're, we're going on to our first topic here. Our first topic is coming from IGN and is written by Logan Plant. Uh... 
I don't know how much we're going to talk about this, but I thought this was pretty shitty and I wanted to talk about it real quick. Striking Distance Studios is, un- Striking Distance Studios is under fire for reportedly leaving developers out of the Callisto Protocol's credits. Now, IGN's own report and collaborates that accounts that the key names were left out of the game's credits, and IGN has heard issues with credit on games by director directed by uh, Glenn Schofield date further back than just the Callisto Protocol. In a report from GameIndustry.biz earlier this week, sources told the publication that an estimated 20 developers were omitted from the credits. IGN spoke to two of the employees from Striking Distance Studios, both of, who, both of whom worked at the company during the development and confirmed the details of the report. One of the employees we spoke to, uh, to was included in the credits despite working on the company less than a year of development time. However, they told that IGN that some key folks weren't added to the credits. Quote, I can tell you two people weren't added to the credits. One of them, I have a feeling it was because of the drama within the department itself, and that's why they weren't added. But the other one, I'm shocked because they worked on some key elements and had started coming up with design features that are in the game today, but they aren't in the credits at all. Now, the article does go on, but I was just thinking this has got to be really shitty. To, to work on a game and then be left out of the credits because, or whatever reason. Uh, Matt, I'm going to go to you first. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, or is this just uh, Crybaby's whining? No, it's definitely not Crybaby's whining. Because if you worked on a game, you know, as a consumer, I'm not sitting down watching the credits. But that is effectively your resume. That is your your proof that you did something in an industry that's highly competitive. And even though I know some people were lukewarm to Callisto Protocol, it's still a high quality game. And to have your name omitted, you know, if you're going to go to another company and go, yeah, I worked on Callisto Protocol and somehow it gets to be that your name isn't found in the credits, then that puts into question that company's hiring of you or your consideration. You know, I don't know what it takes to be put in the credits. I don't know how much participation you have to have in the game. Is it, did you just do some proofreading or did you actually work on parts of the game for programming or implementation or development? It's not crybaby when you don't get credit for the work that you put in that could potentially affect your future employment. So, you know, again, I don't know to what level or the how bad the allegations are from a, did it really happen or not aspect? I don't know. I'm not a legalese expert. But if these people indeed worked on the game and they were not included in the credits in some way, shape, or form, I think they have a real gripe. Alex? Yeah, same. I mean, if someone does any work on the... I mean, we've seen how long video game credits can be. I mean, they can last forever. Sometimes 20 to 30 minutes, honestly. It feels like an eternity. So anyone who works or contributes to that project ought to be mentioned in those credits somewhere i mean if sony you know sony bigwigs they're mentioned in there just for being you know even if they didn't contribute directly to the product they just get mentioned because they're you know some of the 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 higher up employees at the company so yeah if you contribute to a project there's no reason not to include you um so if i if i was part of a team and and i didn't see my name i'd be i'd be pissed yeah carol yeah, as somebody who just got their first credit in a video game, um, as a matter of fact, like two weeks ago, a week ago, two weeks ago, I would be, uh, I'd be 
you know, offended because for me, that's important. Like I'm trying to get into the industry. And so I need that. And just like uh, Matt was saying, essentially that's your, that's your resume. So, you know. Yeah. And just to be clear, when I asked if it was a crybaby, I was just trying to offer both sides. Yeah. 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 Cause, cause so much of the video game news is just crybabies. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's shitty too, that their names weren't put on there. I mean, I've been a part of two games, um, where I play tested and I saw a bunch of, you know, Q and a developer or Q and a testers and my name wasn't put in. I, I, I felt shitty when that happened, but I didn't really make a big deal of it. Dale, we can't see that cause it's all fuzzy. I'm trying. I'm trying. You keep talking. I, I'm talking and talking, talking, still fuzzy. Right. Still fuzzy. Right. Well, I was trying to send you my credits, but I really saw um, myself more clearly than the credits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, 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 I think it's shitty and you know, this should not be happening. All right. Yeah. Moving on to our next story. Uh, Alex, I put this in for you. I did read the article, so we're going to read it together. This is coming from PC Gamer and is written by Tyrell Wild. Uh, the name of the article is People Are Now Using AI to Cheat in Rocket League. Um, Trying to find part of this article to read. Uh, the creator of RLGM, an API which facilitates the training of Rocket League bots like the one in the clip, knew their project could be used to cheat, but that wasn't their intention. There's actually a cool, non-cheating Rocket League bot development scene centered around another API called RLBot, which enables the creation of custom bots for offline play to pay each other. Basically, uh, I'm just going to uh, go on. They're creating bots that will play with you and will, you know, play up to grand champion level. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of this happening inside of Rocket League, Alex, or if you would have even noticed. I don't think I would even notice, but I mean, that sucks to think you're going up against, you know, somebody, just anybody, you know, randomly matched. It's supposed to be matched to your skill level and your competency, and then all of a sudden you're playing against bots who are, like, ridiculously good. Yeah, I, 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 as I was reading, I was like, how would you, how would, not you, but how would you even tell? I mean, because there are some people out there that do a whole bunch of flippy, flippy floppy stuff. I mean, even the post I put on TikTok, everybody's like, oh, why would you do that? There was no flip. There was no fast. Like, it's still a goal. He didn't, right, he didn't come off the ceiling, do a double, triple axle and hit the ball yeah, into the wall and then save it and then. Scored from the other side of the from downtown. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on to our next article from pushsquare.com. This is written by Stephen Talby. Talby. Uh, it's T A I L B Y. I think it's Talby. Uh, sorry. My phone keeps going off for some reason. Uh, we talked recently about how PlayStation Plus subscriptions are were down. Coming from this article, it says PlayStation Plus subscriptions are up 40% off of part of the PlayStation Store's huge January sale. Sony has placed thousands of games on, and DLC on offer with Epic Games Store's uh, January sale, but it's not stopped there. A freshly added promotion now brings crashes, prices crashing down on PlayStation Plus subscriptions. If you are not currently a member at all, you could purchase a 3-12 to 12 month subscription for a PlayStation Extra or Premium with a savings of up to 40%. A year of PlayStation Plus Premium normally is around $120 American, but if you take advantage of this deal, you'll get it for $80, and that's not bad at all. 
The above deal is only available to new subscribers. However, if you are already a PlayStation Plus Essential member, Sony got something for you. You can upgrade your Essential subscription to Extra or Premium, and you'll save 30% of the cost. Of course, you can always uh, save more by going to CD Keys, which is where I buy them, and you can upgrade that way. This is pretty good. Bring uh, Try to get people back into PlayStation Plus. Yep. Yeah, I mean, discounts are always a good way to get people to buy in, so. Especially uh, if you haven't tried of- premium yet, and you're, you're on the fence. Yeah, I'm still trying to get you and uh, yield your PlayStation stuff. I, I was going to buy it from PlayStation Direct, but for some reason it would not take my credit card. Uh-oh, you spent too much, Tricky Mick. You're over your limit. <laughs> He's like, uh, buying all the spam games. <laughs> I wonder if anyone's ever maxed out their credit card on crappy PlayStation games. Uh, <laughs> PlayStation Plus game catalog has come up. This is for a premium and extra. Hopefully we'll get Alex to try some of these games. Some games come into the service. Back for Blood for the PS4 and PS5, which ironically is the name of the Backlog Beatdown this year. That's right. It's a good name. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, have we ever said it was Dragon Ball Fighter Z or Dragon Ball Fighters? Did we ever get confirmation? Matt G's I'm going to go with Fighters. Matt G's looking confused right now. <laughs> oh, I, I I know exactly what you're talking about, and I could have sworn it was done deal as Dragon Ball Fighter Z because that's what I've heard every other podcast refer to it as. All right. Either way, that game for the PS4 is available. Uh, Devil May Cry Five Special Edition. Life is Life is Strange Before the Storm. Life is Strange for the PS4. Jet the Far Shore for the PS4 and PS5. I heard that's pretty good. I haven't tried it yet. It made a bunch of podcasts top 10 games when it came out. Uh, Just Cause 4 Reloaded. Uh, Omno, O-M-N-O for the PS4. Erica for the PS4, which I also heard was a pretty good game. Daryl, I think you actually played that, didn't you? Um, I doubt I have it. I don't know that I played it, but it's supposed to be another one of those... Uh, multi-choice scenario yeah, choice-based it, games yeah, it's, yeah it says uh your decisions shape the narrative uh become erica a young lady plagued with nightmares of her father's murder uh okay and for playstation premium the classics you're gonna get siphon filter 3 star yes. wars demolition hot shots golf 2 yeah so another good month for uh premium and extra all right <laughs> We're moving on here. Oh, hold on, Tricky. I did want to go over. I found Oops, this. Sorry. Uh, did you, if you see if you all want to discuss the top ten best selling games of last year? Uh I was going to do that, but I was going to save that for next week because we already had a bunch of topics, and I think the this topic that we're about to go into and our two topics of the week are going to take a bunch of time. But I, I, I did see that, but I was going to save that for next week. Well, I mean, Unless I can, I can really... just read the ten, and we, and if anyone wants to comment on them, we can. But you could do, we could do that too. Okay. Right, uh, this comes from GameSpot.com, the 10 best-selling games of 2022, specifically in the United States market. Uh, number one was Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Who's the article by? It's just on, I, I don't know, this is from Instagram, so it just has a picture. Oh, okay. And it comes It comes based uh, on information from the MPD group. Um, yeah. GameSpot. Um, sorry, I don't have the, the author. Mm-hmm. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 comes at number one. No shock there. Followed by Elden Ring, Madden NFL 23, God of War Ragnarok, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which just came out in November, as did God of War Ragnarok, FIFA, FIFA 23, 
Pokemon Legends Arceus or Arceus. Um, two Pokemon games in the top 10. Horizon Forbidden West is number nine. And then MLB The Show 2022. Sony San Diego developed MLB The Show 2022 in there. So, yeah, that was the top top 10. Any any surprises there? No. None. <laughs> I think, though, what you had said and attribute it to Modern Warfare as well is that these games came out at the tail end of the year and just still rocketed up the the top of the list. And I was happy to see Horizon Forbidden West in the top 10 because I think that the fear with that game is it was going to get lost in the month of February, particularly with Elden Ring, and maybe people wouldn't come back to it. But it seems like it's sold well enough, even though Sony has not yet released official sales figures for it. So, I mean, it was a better, it was a better game than Elden Ring, so, you know. Can't confirm. <laughs> you can't? Wait, I'm sorry. You said uh, you, you can, can or can't confirm? I have to school you again, Trekkie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what, uh, Daryl, I'm going to take a piece of your show because we just did a, an episode of the brothers. One of my goals this year is I'm going to play Elden Ring. My man. Okay. I, I, I thought about that after the show. So that's a throwback to the loop brothers. Uh, he asked that's me, for, he asked me for goals and I say, I really don't set goals. One of my goals is to play Elden Ring. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to beat it. I'm not saying I'm going to play it more than an hour, but I'm going to put a, I'm going to try to put an effort into playing Elden Ring. All right. Uh, going back to article. All right. So this is coming from IGN is written by Rebecca Valentine. Um, can we get the, the sad violin? Can anybody do a sad violin with their mouth real quick? Mm. Ubisoft has a I, I can just think of farting noises. Sorry. Ubisoft has announced that it has, for the sixth time, delayed Skull and Bones, as well as three, uh, as canceled three more unannounced games amid major challenges in the industry. The underperformance of Mario Rabbits, uh, Mario Plus Rabbits, Sparks of Hope, and Just Dance, Just Dance 2023, are uh, and an upcoming quote restructuring. In a press release, Ubisoft outlined a new strategy for the remainder of its fiscal year, as well as lowered expectations for the last fiscal quarter. Ubisoft explains that the move is as a result of the company, quote, facing major challenges as the industry continues to shift towards mega brands and long-lasting titles and can uh, reach players across the globe and across platforms and business models, end quote. While Ubisoft notes that its goal has been to build large, overarching global brands to release games that, quote, games from this investment phase have not yet to be realized, released, while our recent launches have not performed as well as expected, uh, end quote. The press release later calls out Mario Rabbit's Sparks of Hope and as un- underperforming in the final weeks of 2022 and early January, despite an ambitious marketing plan, Just Dance 2023 underperformed as well. And in response to these issues, Ubisoft is delaying Skull and Bones for the sixth time and is also canceling three unannounced projects on top of the four it had already canceled last year. Uh, for Skull and Bones, uh, directly, the new target looks to be early 2023-24. Assuming this means the fiscal year, the soonest we'll see Skull and Bones now will be April of 2023 and maybe as late as December. All right, I'm going to stop there. Because this game has been development for 15 years. Uh, Inner chat has been calling this the new Duke Nukem Forever. And this particularly sucks because this game was supposed to come out in two months. Now we're talking you have at least a year of a delay. That, that means it's not good. 
<laughs> Alex, we'll start the floor with you, sir. Well, I don't understand. You know, Ubisoft is sitting here talking about mega brands and, and brands for the long term. Isn't that all that Ubisoft has is brands for the long term? Haven't hasn't just dance been around forever? Assassin's Creed, you've got um the uh the Rabbids games, those have been around forever. Like what of Ubisoft's is a brand new game? Like they're all it's all been around for a long time, which is why their portfolio is boring as hell at this point. And nobody cares. I shouldn't say nobody. But in general, like, yeah, people like Assassin's Creed, but what about the, what they're doing is exciting at this point. I think the game, uh, you know, I'm not going to be an Ubi apologist, but I think the games that they are coming out with are good games. I think they just put too much stock into trying to make them superior games. Does that make sense to anybody? I mean, it'd, it'd be a crying shame for them to, you know, I don't know, maybe make a Splinter Cell game. Well, that, that, <laughs> that's one game that's Splinter Cell remakes in the works. Uh, I was trying to find the list because they had a list of every game that was in development that they announced, and it was like 20 games that were in development right now. Matt, while I try to find that list, uh, give your thoughts on this. So part of the problem with Ubisoft is that they flood the market with their own games. It goes back to the uh, rock band Guitar Hero era where they just flooded the market with plastic peripherals. And Ubisoft just doesn't it's like they don't have any confidence in their developers to branch out it's here are the games we make if you don't want to make them go do something else skull and bones delayed six times beyond good and evil still in early development when they showed something eight years ago at e3 it's getting ridiculous that they keep going back to the well and beating the horse that is assassin's creed Rabid Sparks of Hope, from what I understood, received pretty dang good reviews. A lot of people were enjoying it. But if it underperformed in their sales, maybe they should adjust their expectations on what they should expect from sales on these repeat adventures that they keep forcing down people's throats. Whenever, I'm sorry to cut you off, but whenever a company says this game undersold or didn't perform up to our standards, all I keep thinking about is Square Enix and Tomb Raider. Yep. Every single time somebody says, oh, this game didn't perform, it's like, then where where are you setting your expectations at? It sold 5 million copies. It underperformed. Well, that's the ultimate it, it, succeed to fail. Uh, back when I was in loss prevention and retail sales, every time we succeeded, they just moved the goalpost even further down the line. And at some point, you're not going to perform up to your budget or to your expectations. And they make it sound like it's the end of the world when in reality, that's what business is about. It's moving the goalpost until you find the right fit for whatever you're working on. And yeah, okay, undersold, but they don't have to frame it that way. It said, hey, they had good sales. Could they be better? We always want better sales. But you don't have to frame it as like, oh, well, it sucks because you know what? They're answering to their investors and they're answering to their stockholders. And it sucks because there's people out there who really enjoyed those games, but if they didn't sell as well as to budget or to expectations, then suddenly stockholders and investors are going to go, oh, well, you know, that shows weakness in your company. No, it shows the reality of the situation that maybe the ga- maybe every game won't sell gangbusters, but they'll sell something and they'll sell enough to, as long as you're you're making a little profit, shut up and move along to your next game. 
All right. Well, speaking of the games, I found the list. Uh, this is coming from IGN. Uh, I don't know if this is written by Jordan Serrani. Um, okay, so I'm going to name the games that Ubisoft currently has in development. Oddballers, which comes out in a week. Uh, it's a multiplayer party game that, according to Ubisoft, plays like dodgeball turned up to 11. They also have the uh, Tom Clancy's The Division Heartland, which is a free-to-play shooter. That's uh, We still have a release date for that. Uh, they also have non-game related. They have a, a Division movie being made by Netflix. Uh, we talked about Skull and Bones. They got Assassin's Creed Mirage, um, which is the series is taking it back to the uh, stealth-based, stealth-focused roots back in the original Assassin's Creed games. Uh, you got Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which is a new game, uh, but that's being made by uh, Massive, who is also behind the Division. Uh, you got Assassin's Creed Infinity. <laughs> I see you count, Matt. Uh, uh, this is going to be the the, the all-central Assassin's Creed hub that all games are going to link into. You got Assassin's Creed Codename Red, which is the next big open-skill, open-world RPG. You got Assassin's Creed Codename uh, Hex, which is... I believe this is the one... Was this the mobile game? No, this is a, a horror-based take on Assassin's Creed. You got Assassin's Creed VR. Beyond Good and Evil 2. Uh, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time remake, which has been delayed, what, three times now? Uh, Project Q, which is a team battle arena that's early development. Uh, they say Project Q is not a battle royale, but rather a multiplayer game with various PvP modes. Uh, and that's it. You got Project U, uh, which is a new concept of session-based co-op shooter where players unite to prevail against an overwhelming threat. Um, you got the Settlers. Uh, you got the Splinter Cell remake. Finally. Uh, you got... Uh, the Star Wars game being made by Massive, also who's making the Avatar game, is also working on Heartland. Um, X Defiant, which is a free-to-play shooter that's in development. It's a six-versus-six uh, six arena shooter. Um, it was called Tom Clancy's X Defiant, although they dropped Tom Clancy from the title last year. And that's it. How many games is that, Matt? If I count correctly, that's 17 games. And there were still three that weren't announced that just got canceled, and four more that weren't announced that also got canceled. So, but look at the list. More than 25% is Assassin's Creed. Mm -hmm. You got one game in developmental hell that is Beyond Good and Evil. You have Skull and Bones, which I guess will come out this year. I, before I would have been assured and said, yeah, okay, it's coming out this year. And now it's like, I don't know, uh, a bunch of project based name games, which is with basically Ubisoft. they don't have a name for it yet. Yeah, it, it's going to be three years before you see anything about those games. It, they don't have anything to give their investors any sort of short term comfort, I guess. Everything is just ifs, ends, or buts. And now if they're talking about canceling stuff, Ubisoft cancels three unannounced games. Okay, well, you didn't announce them. So 
Why, why do we even news? need to know that? <laughs> why do we? Why are you even telling us that you canceled three games? Just don't release them. <laughs> hey, I didn't go adopt three dogs. <laughs> I didn't know you were looking to adopt dogs. <laughs> Daryl, what, what are your thoughts on this? I think that Ubisoft is spiraling, guys, and I think they're going to get gobbled up soon. If Microsoft doesn't buy them or Sony doesn't buy them, Tencent will. I think that Tencent's already made investments. I think that we keep hearing that, you know, they. I think they just bought um, a portion of the Gilmont family's estate. So it's either Tencent or NetEase, but either way, the Chinese money is getting involved and they're going to gobble them up and they're floundering so hard. Like they make Far Cry games and their Far Cry games are good. They make their division games, the division games are good. They make this good Assassin's Creed games. It just seems like outside of that, Everything else is just so poorly managed from the outside looking in. It just seems like they're not in a good place without the annual, you know, machine stuff that they do. Um, my suggestion would be obviously go back and put some Splinter Cell stuff out. The last couple, the last two Splinter Cell games were amazing. Convictions was stellar. And then Blacklist was awesome. I think Convictions was better, but those were great games. You need more. They need to be putting Splinter Cell games out. They need to be putting out other Rainbow Six games. They don't have to just keep the the PvP you know, versions that they have. They tried to come out with that expansion that became its own game that seemed to just go nowhere, like a wet fart. But they need, they really need a good Rainbow Six game. And I think they need to put out more smaller games just try new things I, I just i don't know i don't know why it's like it seemed like they were really doing a good thing with assassin's creed like they put one out they let it breathe for a year or two put another one out let it breathe for a year or two support it with dlc so you constantly have money coming in and then they're like from the outside looking in they seem like man these are great these are like some of the best re like renowned Assassin's Creed games, like, man, people really like this. They're received very well. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, guys, guess what? Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed. You guys want more Assassin's Creed? Well, you got more Assassin's Creed. It's like, man. Well, I, I, I want to note something. Uh, out of the 17 games that I announced that were in development, we did not hear one Rainbow Six game, and we did not hear one Far Cry game. Mm. And to, to, to Matt's point a little bit a second ago, where they just canceled three unannounced games, all you're going to do by saying that you have three unannounced games that just got canceled, is you going to get people speculating. Did they just cancel the Immortals Phoenix Rising sequel? Is that what they're telling us? You know, yeah. you don't say shit like that. Uh, Alex, you want any final thoughts before we move on to our topic? Uh, I do want to make one correction, because Matt was talking about uh, the Guitar Hero games. That was Activision. Um, not to say Ubisoft doesn't, you know, flog stuff or flood the market but the 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 active the guitar Hero stuff was activision and they were the ones guilty of flooding that um i think that though Ubi the oh, hold on hold on a second Ru ubisoft did have rocksmith though okay but that i mean we're talking about like i mean no one was guiltier than activision of flooding the market with plastic peripherals right yeah and right. sorry to jump it i i wasn't saying ubisoft was the one i'm just saying that's what happens when you flood the market everybody gets tired of of what you're looking yeah. at okay fair enough uh, but also, like, you look at Ubisoft's projects, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of really good direction when it comes to game. Like, Matt mentioned Beyond Good and Evil. Matt mentioned, C uh, not CFDs, but um, Skull and Bones. Like, these are projects that, and I've said before, it seems like Skull and Bones, they had a kernel of I an idea, which was, hey, the ship part and the sailing part in Assassin's Creed 3 is a lot of fun. 
you know, you saw that carried over into other games like Assassin's Creed Origins, but they're like, you know, let's build that as a base of a game. And they, since then, haven't been able to figure out how to get it right or how to do it well enough. So the management, the project management at Ubisoft really seems to be, let's be real, kind of bad. They need to relook at, they need to look at how they allocate stuff for, you know, talent for games, funds for games, you know, but there's, there's no excuse for stuff like Beyond Good and Evil 2. And not just like one game. It's not like they just had The Last Guardian or they've got Duke Nukem. They've got Beyond Good and Evil 2, which I think by this point has passed people wanting to play, and Skull and Bones, which I think people's curiosity for is dying because they keep, you know, delaying it. They got two games like that that are in perpetual, you know, developer's hell. So I don't really know what's going on with their their forecasting and their really their project management because it seems to be lacking. And it seems like they need to, you know, change leadership there somewhat. I'm not saying like at the president or CVO level, but certainly at these studios that are, you know, at you know, on top of these games, if it's if it's a funding issue, then yeah, the company needs to look at that. What kind of money is coming down from the top into these studios? But how do you have two games that are baking for almost two decades each, and you still have nothing? Well, you, not that you have nothing to show, but how is it not released yet? How is it not out? How much money have you spent, and are you even going to recoup that money on these projects you spent so many years developing? All right, now I'm not going to say this as a as a defense to Ubi, but I'm, I'm I just looked up how many Ubisoft's. Uh, Subcompanies there are, and in the North America they have thirteen. In Europe they have twenty-seven. In Asia they have nine. Um, so they have a lot of studios out there. So if each studio is tackling one game, I can understand that having that many games in development. But you maybe you shouldn't have so many games in development. Is what I'm trying to say. Well, no, you know, it's just like any other family, right? So they've got their support studios. They've got their graph, you know, their, their art and asset studios. They've got their online multiplayer and maintenance studios. I mean, like not everyone is creating a game from the ground up, but you know, I would like, I would liken Ubisoft to Microsoft. If you look at it, Microsoft went and gobbled up all these studios, right? And they're like, oh man, we're going to put a game a month. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I mean, this has been going on since 2017. They still ain't farted out any real games. Not nothing out of the normal. Forza still comes out like it's supposed to. Halo came out with a really rough first year, but it's still three four three. That's that's a homegrown studio, you know, or at least as part of the home team, anyways. But still like, no co op. Well, I mean, they they botched that. You know, but, <laughs> like the thing is, is like Halo's not unexpected. You know, you expect a Halo to come out because that's part of the. That's like that's their flagship. So. Outside of that, it's like what happened. What was Compulsion doing? They bought them up in what 2017? Sorry, they bought um Ninja Theory. And how long have they been talking about Senua's Saga? Like, yeah, I know. They showed that off years ago. Like, hey, do, do we even have a release date for that yet? Something. No, we don't even have a release date for that yet. No, we haven't seen anything other than um the initial trailer and then an extended gameplay of like a single area but that is it that that's insane all right uh we're gonna move on here uh we're gonna go to our uh which is i'm sorry i'm getting distracted here we're gonna go into our list of questions we can't do have a trophy was episode without hearing time to check my Social media, yeah. 
okay, so coming from the Facebook Facebook group, which is uh, the Facebook Facebook group. How are you? The Trophy Horse Facebook group, uh, where you guys can go and leave us questions as we post every week, if I remember to. Uh, Rick wants to know, and we're going to go one at a time because he has three questions. Dogs or cats? Daryl? Dogs, cats are of the devil. <laughs> Matt? Dogs Cannot first. say both. You cannot say both. Dogs first, then dog and cat, because I have both. My black both. cat is not of the devil, Daryl. <laughs> uh, Alex? I just want to say at first, we have a dog and two cats. I love both. I love my dog and my two cats, but I hate dealing with litter. I hate cleaning up litter because every time I go in there and clean it, it's like the cats know it and they go in there and spread it around like like confetti. Just throw it in the air just to piss me off. So I prefer dogs to cats, but I definitely love all my animals. Do you, don't you have one of those cool um, auto shovelers? No, because those things break. Like any anything to do with cat litter, like, you know, um, what is it, like trackless cat litter or something like that or dustless cat litter. So all the stuff, I don't believe it. I think it's all BS and just marks it all BS. It's they're, definitely they're... not trackless, but I've had my automatic scooper for over two years now. And the thing, it's just, it's not, I don't smell anything, which is the greatest. Is that the one that's like seven, eight hundred dollars? No, no, not that one. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> no, this one was just like, I think a little less than 200, but it scoops it into the end under like a cover so that way it doesn't smell. And at the end of the month, you just throw away the entire tray and uh, load up a new one. All right. Uh, dogs, because cats are fucking evil. Sorry. I've they're got two cats and evil. they're the devil. All right, uh, next question from Rick. Lions or tigers? We'll start with Alex. Bears. Oh, okay. my. You, it's one or the other. I hate you would yield the worst at this. Lions and tigers Lions and bears. Are, There's a, tr- a trio there. You gotta. It's rock, paper, he, scissors. You got to add the bear in there. He didn't ask bears because he even said animals. Uh, the animals yield not sports teams. All right, well, fine. Then I'll uh, say tigers because tigers are more majestic. Matt? Tigers, lions, or are they assholes of the animal kingdom? And Daryl. Lion, because he's the effing king of the jungle. I'm going to go tigers as well. All right, last question from Rick in this question. Uh, Polar bears or penguins? We'll start with Matt. Polar bears. Daryl? Penguins, because of Batman. (laughs) Alex? (laughs) I'm going to say penguins. Penguins, I love penguins. Everyone loves go to the zoo or to the aquarium and see penguins, polar bears are mean. They're mean as shit. I, I mean, I respect a polar bear, but they will You have no choice but to respect a polar bear. They will fuck you up. They're like hippos. They will fuck you up, and you have no choice but to take it. Um, so, yeah, penguins. I'm going to go penguins, too. They have little tuxedos on. They're always ready for fun. Uh, see, Alex is stole by every reason. Penguins, because they wear little tuxedos. All right, so uh, some comments. Uh, Yield said uh, dogs or cats. He said either which is a combined answer. Lions or tigers, he said tigers. And polar bears or penguins, he said both, which is a combined answer. That's a lot of cop-outs. Yes. Uh, then Daryl gets to say, man, I get to podcast with a great crew tonight. Yes, you do, sir. Yep. All Alex right. And, and Matt. And then Nitro uh, has a question. He goes, Daryl, how does it feel not to have to rely on easy-peasy games anymore since completing your rehab? I feel great. I'm reformed. I mean, and it just so happened that My Name is Mayor 3 is a full game, multi-level, 
minimum of an hour get play through. Still spam. Nope. That's high quality spam. It's still <laughs> yeah, but it's still spam. So you can, not, you can put a pineapple on a spam. It's still spam at the end of the day. I'll tell you what I'm not playing. The the jumping taco, the pig B, the 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 pig C. Yeah, and yet. <laughs> hey man, I I'm changed. I'm telling you, I'm changed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, come to come the end of the year when I'm up 500 platinums over him, you're gonna see Dell just come back storming one week. <laughs> He's like, I took a week off of work and I just sat here and held R1 the entire time. There you go. I'm just I'm just waiting on that rainy day where I need it. He also says, and how does it feel kicking Tricky's butt in last year's back like beatdown, or were you not that surprised by the results? Oh, I, I I smashed you last last. You didn't even play games. You get you could because you couldn't spam. You just didn't even play anything. I did. I played games. Yeah, I didn't really feel. And, like and, it. And, I, and I and I was thinking about this. I didn't even claim three games I beat. That's what you say. So, all right. So going back into our, all right, we're gonna go into a topic of the week. I'm gonna skip. Uh, I had two of them. I had the dice awards, which I'll save for next week because we're running a little long on time. Uh, but we have to go into Alex's favorite topic. And We're it's good to have Microsoft's Darryl. acquisition, are we? Yes, we are. Dude, you you are getting more mileage out of this than anybody. <laughs> it's good that we have Matt and Daryl on here because, you know, obviously we get some fresh opinions on this. Coming from IGN and written, written by Rebecca Valentine, NVIDIA and Google are reportedly voice concerns over Xbox's Activision acquisition. That's a mouthful right there. Yeah. That's what Wait, she said. What did you, you call that first company? NVIDIA. Okay, thought I heard something else. Continue. Okay. No Vita. Uh, <laughs> the two companies contend that by acquiring Activision Blizzard, Microsoft would gain an unfair advantage in the cloud, subscription, and mobile gaming markets. That one that said, one source told Bloomberg that NVIDIA at least is, express, is not expressly opposed to the acquisition, although it did stress the importance of equal access to game titles. The report does not elaborate on either company's uh, uh, either company's other concerns. Microsoft is currently a strong contender in cloud gaming alongside NVIDIA with GeForce Now and Google Stadia's program have folded last year. In mobile gaming, though, Microsoft has markedly little presence. In fact, Xbox head Phil Spencer previously pointed to Activision Blizzard's Mobile King division as the keystone of the intended acquisition and filings content connected to the deal have revealed that Microsoft wants to use King to create a quote Xbox mobile platform end quote. NVIDIA and Google joined Sony as major companies bringing issues forward to governing bodies of about the acquisition. Though based on the tone, the latter two are coming in notably softer on the issue. Late last year, there's a typo in the article, the FTC announced it would sue to block Microsoft attempted acquisition due to concerns that the deal would harm competition from rival console makers due exclusivity. The UK's Competition and Markets Authority has also raised similar concerns. Over the last several months, Microsoft has repeatedly attempted to counter such concerns, including offering a deal to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for as long as 10 years and a similar promise to bring the series to Nintendo consoles. While it's unclear exactly how involved NVIDIA or Google will continue to be, both companies could potentially be called to testify before the FTC when the lawsuit goes to trial, which Bloomberg notes is planned for August of this year. 
Now, I just read that entire article. Please go give it a click. Uh, so, Alex, you, we've spoken on this many, many times. I'm going to let you go to the floor, and then I'm going to open the floor to Daryl and Matt for their thoughts. Man, I, I wonder, since our, our good friend Jeff Hanna works for NVIDIA, I wonder how he feels about this since he, he loves Microsoft and Game Pass and all that. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm also pretty sure that he's not legally allowed to talk about this. No, well, well we, I'm not saying anything. You know, he's... We know he works for NVIDIA. He told us that, so I'm not saying anything. He gave us the inside scoop. I'm telling everybody. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we haven't heard anything. I, I should say we haven't heard anything from Jeff about this, nor have we asked him. So, um, But yeah, I mean, it just seems like more and more people – there's more people skeptical about this deal than I thought there would be because obviously Sony is, which the article even mentioned. Sony's going harder at that, at this than NVIDIA or Google. But it's interesting to see that there are more companies – that are worried about this deal than I thought originally would be. So, I mean, in all, in all honesty, Microsoft is having a more uphill battle than I thought they would. Um, and I don't, honestly, at this point now, I don't even know where the, where the, where, how this ends or where it ends and how long in the future it ends. It just seems like there's constantly more opposition to this. And I expect this to go through by now. So I'm assuming that we're going to keep talking about this and, until you know the next four or five years when it actually goes through yep sounds like you got a minimum of august Be before i could throw it to daryl and matt uh not to sound like a sony apologist but now that nvidia and google have stepped up does this give more credibility to sony going against this alex i mean i think that you know the ftc looking so hard into this and Microsoft kind of backing down, calling it unconstitutional, and uh, having other companies obviously raise concerns like, yeah, that helps you. But again, there's a differentiation between what Google and NVIDIA's interests are and then what Sony's interests are. So, I mean, I think that people are always going to look at, you know, Sony, especially, you know, if you own an Xbox or you're a fan of Microsoft, like you're going to look at it and say, you know, well, these other companies may have concerns. Sony's really the one actively trying to block this. So, while this may give more credence to Sony's arguments, I think it's not. I mean, Sony by no means is is the good guy in all this. I think that they still kind of look like a villain in all this, especially in the eyes of gamers. You know, most people don't seem to care whether this goes one way or the other. I think that most people are like, well, if it goes through, whatever, no one cares. It's really Sony that's kind of, you know, kicking up the most dust. So maybe it helps Sony's argument, but certainly not in like the PR department. All right, I'm going to open the floor to Daryl and Matt, uh, whichever one of you guys wants to take the floor first. Uh, I'm sure you talked about this on your show, Daryl, many times. Daryl has given it to you, Matt. Matt, start us off. What do you think about, just in general, the whole thing, and then particularly now that NVIDIA and Google get involved? So I was of the mindset that I, I, I'm not against the deal. I've always said that Microsoft needs to do what they need to do to really do something with their gaming division. And if it's buying up some of the biggest developers out there, so that way they can start to release some exclusives on their platform, then that's what they need to do. Now, is it a concern in general that they're buying, trying to buy Activision Blizzard? Yeah, because the, we know how big Call of Duty is. We just went over it earlier that it's one of the top selling games of the year, despite coming out in the last quarter. And Microsoft is doing everything they can to try to assuage the fears of their 
fellow gaming companies and say, no, you're, you're still going to have Call of Duty because that's the name that comes up. Nobody's talking about World of Warcraft or Diablo 2 or Overwatch or Starcraft or all the other Activision games. I'm kind of interested in the fact that NVIDIA and, um, and uh, Google are talking about King and the mobile market that that's going to bring in. What kind of irks me is NVIDIA and everybody saying how it's going to give them, Microsoft, an unfair advantage in the cloud market. You know, they do say uh, Microsoft would gain an unfair advantage in the cloud subscription and mobile gaming markets. The mobile gaming market's the mobile gaming market. I don't think I've heard anybody talk about um, what's King's big game. Candy Candy Crush. Crush. Thank you. Again, a game I've never played. But, you know, people still play it. I'm sure it still makes bazillions of dollars for them. But, like, what unfair advantage is that going to give them in the gaming market? Anybody can still go download a Candy Crush on their Android or Apple phone. Um, Is it going to be the tech? Is it going to be the money they get from that then yeah of course these companies are going to be concerned but i i don't know how microsoft making more money from king's games is of nvidia's concern as far as the cloud goes hey nvidia freaking improve your cloud gaming structure and maybe then we'll talk you know i when i bought my graphics card and i got a free year of geforce play which allows you to play all of your Steam owned games on the cloud. That was great. But as Tricky, you and I talked earlier tonight, I don't make my gaming profiles public. And that was a prerequisite of G of the GeForce Plays, is I had to make my Steam profile public, which means I lost out on a year of GeForce Play. So how about you make it easier for the consumer to use your cloud structure? Because then I might actually be interested in using your service. If it's one thing Microsoft did is they made their xCloud gaming service easy. I hook a controller up to my phone and I'm off playing in less than 30 seconds. So their concern about Microsoft having an unfair advantage, Microsoft is already the king of cloud gaming. How about everybody else improve their tech around cloud gaming? And then the subscription-based model, they came out with it first. They've been doing gangbusters with it. We've only seen recently Sony's trying to improve their stance around their subscription-based model. So they already have the advantage. I don't know what unfair advantage NVIDIA and Google are talking about. I mean, (laughs) Google, Stadia, good job there. Yeah, shutting down in what, three days? Yeah, good job there, Google. (laughs) Maybe, again, improve your own tech and things around that. That argument about giving Microsoft the unfair advantage in cloud and subscription and mobile. It just doesn't make sense to me from a logical standpoint. If there's anything I said that you guys disagree with, please tell me. Um, The only, I I totally agree with you. The only thing I would rebuttal at all is that PlayStation had PlayStation now before anyone had their, you know, subscription stuff. And Um, and granted they bought Gaikai to do that. Right. Right. But, and that was in 2013, but it it was just a different world by then. Um, But I do agree. And I I look at it like this and, and they knew there's much smarter people at Microsoft than are on this panel right here, or at least smarter than me. Uh, So they knew taking the biggest properties, the biggest IP out there 
was going to start up a hornet's nest. I mean, if you look at it, Call of Duty, best-selling game every year. Like you said earlier, came out at the end of October, early November. Number one selling game of 2022. It just is what it is. It's going to do that again this year. Um, Candy Crush, the biggest money-making mobile game out there. Uh, World of Warcraft, the longest-running subscription service, you MMORPG or whatever they are. I mean, those are the biggest properties out there. So they knew this was coming. The big thing is, is all the other people, the smaller companies, they, they got to throw their dog in the fight. I mean, they got to say, hey, this is going to give them an unfair advantage because, yeah, sure, my NVIDIA gameplay kind of sucks. But if Microsoft buys all the big properties and they said this is all available on our streaming service, well, then no one's ever going to spend money with me, you know? And especially if they ever say, if they ever flip the switch and say, no, 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 it's ours. You got to come to us. They say they're not going to do that, but they said that with Bethesda originally too. and then. Starfield, you know, they're like, oh no, Starfield's exclusive. But, but if you go back and you rewind the tape, they said, no, 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 we're not going to make these games exclusive. Right. But the thing is, is, and that's not just an Xbox thing. Microsoft's done that with other businesses and other things as well. Like you got to go to Microsoft to get that stuff. And rightfully so, they foot the bill for it. So to back up a step, I am, I'm for the acquisition. And I don't know that I've ever said that on any show, actually. I'm for it because this is going to force the competition to fight hard. And I believe that Sony has been in the winning seat for so long, they're getting lazy. My kids ask me all the time, they're like, Daddy, what is your favorite, what's your favorite gaming console? They've really only known the PS4. And the PS5, you know, like my kids have never been Xbox people. You know, they, they do a little bit of mobile stuff, you know, but they've, they've had access to everything. They play Nintendo the least, Xbox, then I mean, they probably actually switch now. It's probably Xbox the least, Nintendo then because of Animal Crossing. But I say all that to say this, like they're, they're PlayStation kids. They were raised in a PlayStation home. They have access to everything. They've played it all, but this is what we like. And I always tell them, I said, the PS3, PSP, PS Vita, that's my favorite era of PlayStation. PlayStation was hungry back then. PlayStation was getting their butt kicked by Xbox 360, and they were fighting. They were putting out weird stuff. They were putting out wild games. They were just throwing things out there. It's like, yeah, yeah, green light that, green light that, green light that. I mean, we got heavy rain during that. You know, we got Metal Gear Solid 4 during that. We got The Last of Us. We got Uncharted. We got Puppeteer. You know, we got Journey. Everybody talks about Journey. I freaking hate that game, but whatever. It, it's different. You know, like we got Tearaway. And, and of, course, of course, that was going into the PS4 generation. We got that on the Vita. You know, we got like top, you know, resistance, kill zone, all that stuff on PSP and PS Vita. Like we had, they were putting their eggs in all these baskets and it was good, man. We were eating so well. But then once they, once they started winning, they started to to narrow that, that focus, and they're like, well, this makes a lot of money. These made some money, and these got us in front of a lot of people. But the bean counters have proven, well, this, this stuff doesn't make money. Well, what's making money? Call of Duty. Y'all remember when Xbox had the deal for Call of Duty, right? Y'all remember when Play Call of Duty on Xbox got you the DLC and the map packs first. And then that flipped in the PlayStation 4 generation. And that was a big deal. And Ever since then, PlayStation has aligned itself so much with Call of Duty, and rightfully so, because they get a 30% rip on everything Call of Duty does on their platform. 
I say personally, this deal is not going to end in the next two years. I don't think. I mean, we've already been we got at least till August. So I think even if they come out on top in August, let's say hypothetically they figured it out day one, which will never happen. This will be drawn out for weeks and weeks and weeks. Let's say they they figured it out in August. They say, all right, we move forward. We're gonna you know we're we're talking into the next physical year before anything goes in. So we're talking twenty twenty four, the very earliest this thing's over. I say personally, let's end it now. Everybody pull out. Let them have it. Let them have the biggest game on any platform. Call of Duty. Let them have the biggest mobile game. Now, the only way to compete, guys, because you might may or may not have access to that game and get on your platform, depending on what the owner of the platform or owner of the game wants to do. Now you got to make your own. How cool would it be to have to be a to have a Sony made game that rivals Call of Duty? You know, like they've given up on resistance and they've given up on kill zone. They gave up on mag. They gave up on SOCOM. Like, I mean, Sony had some stuff and not all of it was wonderful, but dude, resistance is great. I loved all three of those games, especially part three. You know, uh, kill zone was great. I loved, um, Shadowfall and what well, was the Shadowfall was the last one, the one on PS4. I love that game. That, that was the launch PS4 game, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. And that was they showed so much promise. They're like, man, this game is really, really cool. And this is a launch game. Just imagine what the next one's gonna be like. And it never came. So, I mean, Mag. I don't know how many of you guys played Mag. I played Mag. That was wild. Freaking 256 or 254 people on a battlefield. You just spawn and die, spawn and die, spawn and die. I mean, it was just like Sounds Gross. like a lot of fun. <laughs> Do what? I said, sport and die sounds like a lot of fun. Nah, it was fun because it was just like, what is, there's so much, and you never, it was never not something to shoot at. It was like, oh, here we go. Boom. Let's go shoot stuff. So I'm saying this, let them have it and then fight, you know, like that's what we want. We all want the, them to really duke it out. Like we want them to, to compete with each other and we want, and, and I, we always throw shade at Microsoft, but like, if you ever think about the why, they see a lot of people hear me and tricky throw some shade at, at Microsoft. And they're like, Oh, these freaking Sony pony fanboys. And don't get me wrong. I wear it with pride, but so do I. The thing is, this is like, it lets like those, all those studios that you bought in the Xbox one generation, the reason why I'm asking where your games are at is because when you start putting out games and you start putting out quality games, well, then my team's got to rebuttal. You know, if you come out with a nine or a 10, now I got to look back at, at my guys and go, hey, where's my nine or 10? Look at what they're doing over there. You know, like the reason why you put out games is to get people to go buy them. If, if Xbox start putting out all the games, I mean, they already do, like, like Matt said, the best subscription service. Game Pass is amazing. I'm a PlayStation Plus premium subscriber. I was a PS Now subscriber. I've never, ever let my PlayStation Plus lapse since 2012. I mean, I am all in on Plus. I'm all in on premium, all that stuff. But I just re-upped my Game Pass. You know why? Because that cloud streaming is solid. I have a controller with a mount, and I lay in my bed every now and again, and I put my phone on it, and I play high on life. And I play a little bit of uh, Gears of War or something. Like I've streamed a handful of games to it. My and brother and I were home on Wi-Fi, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I mean, you, sorry to jump in. I'll give you this no, example. I was out at my dentist waiting to for my appointment. Loaded up Skywalker Saga on my phone on a five G, not five G ultra wideband, just a five G connection. 
played Skywalker Saga on my phone out in the wild perfectly fine. No glitching, no lag. It was amazing. Yeah. Dude, my son's been playing. We don't even have 5G. We got 4G. And we're, he's able to play in the car. He's got his. And this is the beauty. Listen to me here. This is super important, guys. We are an iPhone family. We're playing Xbox Game Pass on an iPhone with a PlayStation 4 controller. <laughs> but think about that. Xbox has made it so accessible that they, they allow all their competitors to play at the same time. So they get my $15 a month. And that's beautiful, man. And that's savage. Like, that's like, from the consumer, it's like, oh, thank you. I mean, that makes sense. You know, why wouldn't I use my, my the devices I already own? But the, the real brain power behind it is like, we got all Sony boys money over here now. And he's staying with us. Now my son's using it. So I'm not going to turn it off. I'm just like, okay, that's, that's 15 bucks a month. That's what we do now. You know, we're going to those ways to manipulate it. Gaz was telling me the other day, you buy you know, gold for 60 bucks for the year. And then you wait once you're, you, and you, then you upgrade for a dollar. Then you've got, you know, at game pass for $61 for a year. There's what he does it for his son. But you know, I didn't do that. I'm just, I'm just playing. It's whatever, you know, but I just, I just say, I say, dude, let let them have it. Let's get, let's see the competition stir up. Cause that's what we want as, as Sony fanboys and trophy whores and trophy chasers and tro- you know what I'm saying? Like that's what we want. I want Halo to be great. Not just so I can play Halo, but so that now the franchise worldwide, Jimmy Ryan, he's got to put a Halo killer out, you know? So. Uh, and I mean, I, I've said this on the show, not recently, but as far as the the merger goes, it really doesn't affect me personally because I don't play any of the Activision Blizzard games. I'm not a Call of Duty fan. I, I don't play, you know, Diablo or StarCraft or anything like that. So there's and and I even said this with the Bethesda purchase. Like that doesn't bother me any at all because I don't play any of the Bethesda games. And I actually thought it was kind of good that Bethesda went to Xbox because, and I'm not throwing shade, Bethesda games released on the PlayStation console were always broken. Yeah. And and took a long time for them to fix it. So, like, fine, let them go develop for the console that works for them. And it doesn't affect me. Me, Alex, and Yield, we've said on the show many times, like, we just want this to end already. Either way, either kill it, or let it go through. Because at this point, it's like, the longer you drag this out, the more we have to talk about it, so to speak. I mean, we can obviously not talk about it, just not give it any coverage. But this is one of the biggest news stories in the gaming world right now. And if we don't talk about it, then it seems like we're ignoring it. Yep. And I think if companies step up, and I said this before on previous shows, if other companies step up, like Google, like NVIDIA, or hell, even like Nintendo, if they step up and say, we're against this, it gives more credibility to Sony because for the longest time, Sony just seemed like a big crybaby. Like, oh, we're going to lose play, we're going to lose Call of Duty, we're going to do this. And that's what everybody was saying. There is some validity to the argument that this merger should not go through. There's no denying that. But at this point, I just want it to end. Like, let it go through or or cancel it. Well, unfortunately, we get to go through the divorce for a very long time. 
Alex, uh, I'm going to circle back to you uh, now here at what Matt and Daryl have said. Do you want to add anything? I'll just say that, like everyone else, seemingly, I want the deal to go through. I saw something like GameSpot's top five games to play on the pla- each platform, and I looked at Sony's, and you know, Sony's got Stray, and they got God of War Ragnarok, and they got Horizon Forbidden West. And then you look at Microsoft's, and the games were like nothing particularly impressive. Hey everyone, quick editor's note here. I was very general in these comments, and I kind of wanted to be more specific and specify that I was talking about the year of Xbox 2022, as opposed to the more general catalog of games for the Series X and the Series S. And my first thought when looking at the top five games to play, and I'm sorry, I don't have the list you know, in, in my head immediately, but it was just like, my God, give Microsoft something, throw them a bone, because they got nothing at this point. Hopefully Starfield's good, because you heard, I think it was Aaron Greenberg came out and said they were promising, he was promising big things for Xbox next year for Microsoft. And you see all the comments and people are like, you've been promising this for years. I think that people who play on Microsoft, Game Pass is great. There's no denying that. And I think a lot of people love playing on Game Pass because it gives them cheap access to a lot of different games. That buffet style where you don't leave you know, with indigestion and feeling like you're going to blow up like a blimp. But at the same time, when you look at Microsoft's offering as a first-party studio, as the games they're offering, there's really nothing for people to play. I mean, sure, Halo and Forza, and you had Psychonauts last year, but this year in particular was a pretty low year as far as what they were outputting. And they have more studios than Sony does now, and Sony's output from the first-party studios is so much better. So it's a situation kind of like Ubisoft, where Microsoft's, you know, their um, oversight on their their teams and, the, you know, their um, control of their first-party products it's just terrible because there's nothing coming out. And, you know, yeah, you got Starfield, but what else do you have? I think, well, there's Redfall from Bethesda, which I think is exclusive to the uh, console, exclusive to Microsoft. Yeah, um, they are. But those games were in development before the merger and before they bought well, it's them. The same and with Psychonauts, too. And, you, you know, you would say yeah. that and people would be like, well, you know, Microsoft, you know, gave them extra funds and stuff like that. Yeah, that's great. But, you know, these weren't built in-house from Microsoft, top to bottom, like a lot of the games, you know, that Sony puts out are. So you just look at the first party offerings, it's like, my God, give Microsoft something, because they, they need Activision at this point. You know, Bethesda's great, but as far as like what Microsoft is putting out first party, good God. I don't think, and that's why I don't really, it's not just that I don't play the Activision games, it's more so that when you look at, it's, it's, Sony is having a hard time making this argument, at least to me, because what they have to put out for their own software is so worlds better than Microsoft, just worlds above it. So, Honestly, I don't see, even if Microsoft has some of this stuff exclusive, it's not going to hurt Sony because Microsoft, really, if anything, Microsoft needs something. That's really the one thing that's holding Microsoft back. It's not their cloud services. It's not their, sure, they could be doing more on mobile. It's not the Game Pass. It's really, that's what's boosting them. And what is holding them back is their their first-party software. That's where they're lagging really, really bad, which happens to be where Sony's really good and Sony's lagging behind on the stuff like Game Pass. So, you know, I... So- I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just say so uh, before we close out this topic and the show, I'll just ask you guys one question, and I'll start with Daryl, then I'll go to Matt, then I'll go to Alex. What do you guys say about the criticism when it comes to Microsoft that Microsoft is buying studios to get talent rather than developing it in-house and producing their own games, that they're trying to purchase, they're trying to buy their way into good games instead of actually developing good games and actually doing it themselves well they gotta start somewhere and like i get that 
we live in a world where Sony has already purchased their studios and pumped out multiple games and franchises with their studios. So for us, it's very easy to go, well, that's, you know, you're just trying to buy out the competition because you can't do it yourself. And that, that is technically correct because right now they can't, but that won't always be the case. So I say buy whoever you got to buy, pump out, start getting some games going. I personally just want to see them start to put some stuff out and put some decent stuff out. And then just like my argument with Psychonauts was, you know, and Starfield and Redfall, these games were in development before they were purchased. There's going to come a day where these games are going to come out and that that won't be the case anymore. So sure. Is that what it is? Yeah. But is that a bad thing? No. I mean, you got to start somewhere and they just didn't have anything like they didn't, and they closed down the studios. In my opinion, they closed down some of the studios, like Lionhead, that was awesome making the Fable games. I just, you know, I was like, they got to re up, you know. And Sony's bought some studios over the years, you know, and it's it's like they didn't always put out their first game, you know, was not a Sony, in, you know, in house game, but they eventually, like, look at Insomniac, put games out with Sony for years, put a game out with Microsoft, then came over to Sony and put out some bangers. Now, I would argue that Insomniac's one of the best studios Sony has right now. They are just banger I, after banger. I think Insomniac and Naughty Dog are, are fighting at the top for the best uh, PlayStation Yeah, right I think Ghost of Tsushima put... And so, I mean, I, I love everything Sucker Punch has done in the past decade, dude. I mean, like, uh, Infamous, Infamous 2, Festival of Blood, um, Ghost of Tsushima, <laughs> Last Light, like, it's those are all stellar games so i mean sony has there's like like alex said there's just no we're not running out of things to play and of quality you know but you can't you can't say that with a competitor you know and it's like so sure they went after the two of the biggest and one of them being the biggest fish in the sea so like you're gonna get some flag for that and you deserve to get some flag for that but you know what when it's all said and done it's up to you to do some of those IP because it's not even the big ones that everyone's arguing over the the obvious stuff. It's the uh, it's the it's the small it's the IP that they're getting with it. That's what's really really crucial, in my opinion. Yeah, they're going to own some awesome IP, awesome franchises, and it's up to Microsoft to then manage those teams, spread the wealth, and produce good games. And right now, we just haven't seen it. So I'm really hoping. If I listen to, I say this, uh, I try to say this often on my show, just because I don't always come off as this like Sony pony, even though that's really what I am. Like I listen to a couple different Xbox podcasts, not as much lately as I used to, but I listen to X one bros, which is a very positive, upbeat Xbox podcast. And I listen to defining Duke, which is in the sacred symbols network. They're still pretty upbeat and positive over Xbox. They don't tend to beat up on them too much. Either way, every year, every year for the past five, five plus years, this is the year that we're going to get all the game. No, no, no. This is the year that we're going to get all the game. No, no, no. This is the year. I swear, if you go back and you play the episodes from each January, they're saying the same thing because they're still waiting on their games and I feel bad for them. So. All right, Matt. So I've been on winning and losing sides of the console wars and, and I always frankly thought it was probably the stupidest thing ever to call them console wars because 
each side has their pros and their cons. I mean, when PlayStation and Sega Saturn came out, I went in with Sega Saturn. We saw how that turned out. <laughs> went with a PlayStation. Um, I never had an N64 when I was a kid. I, I still actually don't have one now. But I also bought a GameCube. So there you go, Daryl. When you're out hunting, if you find a nice cheap N64, let me know. Um, <laughs> not even a working one, just one I can put on display. Okay. Um, I, you know, but I got my GameCube. I got my Wii. I got my Wii U. I, I bought the Switch. I went with Xbox 360 over the PlayStation 3, even though I had a mistake. PlayStation 2 for years and then bought myself an Xbox. Daryl mentioned it earlier. You got to start somewhere. And looking at the so at the studio Sony has bought, 2021 Blue Point Games, uh, also 2021 Fire Sprite. 2005 is when they acquired Gorilla. Gorilla was not originally a Sony studio. House Marquee in 2021, Insomniac Games 2019, Media Molecule Media Molecule in 2010, uh, Naughty Dog. 2001 nix's software studio known for porting games to microsoft windows development support and game optimization so they could use that to start making more ports of their games which we've seen coming over to windows which you know hey sony like money sell games on pc for god's sake savage game studios 2022 mobile game development so okay xbox and microsoft is getting king do something with savage like put your money where put your money where your mouth is and do something uh sucker punch productions bought back in 2011 valkyrie entertainment 2021 sony santa monica um for the god of war series they recently i, I don't think it's finished but the bungee deal what's going on it's, with that that's done that's yeah, that done. okay done. well it wasn't on the list here but the idea is is they still bought it so to daryl's point and i really like it is that, listen, I understand why we have the anti-monopoly laws and things like that here in the U.S. And we're not talking about mom and pop shops not being able to start up their own xCloud gaming service. We're talking about NVIDIA and Sony. As mentioned, Sony bought Gaikai so they could develop their PlayStation Now service. And from what I understand, it's good. I personally don't use it, but... To what Daryl said earlier, xCloud is so easy to use and you can jump right in and jump right out. I can't tell you how many times I've, I had decision anxiety being like, what am I going to play? <laughs> you know, yep. there's no true bangers on my Xbox list, but I'm looking at my Xbox Game Pass app on my PC. Forza Horizon 5, Halo Infinite, Halo the Master Chief Collection, High on Life, MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries, Metal Hellsinger, No Man's Sky. Proteus, Star Wars, Jedi Fallen Order, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Shredder's Revenge, Tetris Effect Connected, Tunic, Warhammer, 40k Darktide. Those are all really high quality games. I mean, not Warhammer 40k, that game is glitch filled, but it's still a decent game. I will say I have multiple PCs in my house. I have an Xbox Series X. I have a PlayStation 5. I can't tell you the last time I turned on a Series X because I have my PC. But people not as lucky as me to have the types of PCs that I have. The Xbox still has a lot to be able to play. I had wanted to play Jedi Fallen Order for the longest time. And if it didn't have my PC, I'd be playing it on my Xbox. So there's games out there if you're going to look. But 
yes, they're buying all these studios. Now do something with them. Mm-hmm. Release the games. How long, I mentioned earlier, how long have we been waiting on something about uh, Hellblade Senua Saga? You know, the first Senua Sacrifice was a really good game. A lot of people love it. And they've been waiting for Senua Saga to come out. And nothing. They bought Xbox, They bought Ninja Theory. And they said, this is the prime game we're going to offer on this one as one of the first offerings from this purchase. And nothing. I don't have an issue with them making games like Starfield um, exclusive because Sony buys studios and makes games exclusive on their platform all the time. Can you go play Spider-Man on an Xbox? No. Only recently did Sony come around and go, hey, we're going to put it on PC so that way some other people can play it. But sometimes those ports like Horizon Zero Dawn started off really poor. Them and Days Gone had a really rocky launch on the PC at start. And it they're starting to get better at releasing these games. Miles Morales came out recently, and that was actually pretty good. It's It irks me that everybody is against this Microsoft uh, acquisition because, well, they're going to make games exclusive. Yeah, because that's what they do. That's how they get you onto their platform. Sony's been doing that for years and nobody's going. Can I, well, can I stop maybe... you for a second there, Matt? Yeah, go ahead. I, again, I'm not throwing shade, okay? But one of the criticisms with Xbox is, like you said, they're going to make their games exclusive. But Microsoft has also shifted to, we're also going to release every game on the PC. So their games are not really exclusive because you could go out and buy a half-decent PC and be able to play those games as well. Yeah, and and that's probably fine. I think I actually take the bigger issue with them saying, we're going to make sure Starfield is not exclusive, and then they change their story. But I also don't remember them saying, we're not going to make Starfield exclusive. So if anybody can point me to an article, I'd really love it. Well, they said when they announced Starfield that it was coming to all consoles. Now, granted... Before the purchase, though. I'm sorry? Before before Microsoft bought the game, bought them. Right, but now granted, and this is just a conspiracy theory, I I have no proof of this, but one would ascertain that as they were doing that press conference, the deal for Bethesda had to have been in the works already. So they had to have known that when they were making the announcement that was coming to all platforms, in the back of their minds, they were going... But we're about to be purchased by Microsoft, so it may not be all platforms. Yeah, but as a PR rep, you can't go out there and, and exclude something like that because a deal like that being done behind the scenes could potentially ruin the deal or could potentially give way of the deal. But you also don't allow people to jump in and interrupt. Right, it. but you also don't need to use terminology, you know, that they're coming out and they don't have to announce a platform. If you come out and say it's coming to all consoles, then you're making a statement where they could just simply omitted where it's being released. And then as the announcement for the purchase comes through, you turn around and say, okay, well, now is it going to be exclusive to Xbox? Yeah, and I I chalk that up more towards caution on Bethesda's part because they're going to make the announcement that'll net them the biggest news. But ultimately it then falls on microsoft because they could go hey when we were independent we wanted to make it available now it's microsoft's 
fault. And I think Microsoft knew what they were doing in that case and that they could turn around and say, uh, well, okay, yeah, we'll take the blame for that. Whatever. We're getting Bethesda. It's, yeah, but Bethesda also can't throw Microsoft under the bus after being newly purchased by them. Exactly. Well, you know, it was funny because the language changed because they announced Starfield and they announced all those games, Elder Scrolls 6, all that stuff. And then once the they required, then everybody started pressing um, Phil Spencer. And then he started saying, these games will be available where Game Pass is available. And I was just like, hmm. <laughs> See, and also, and also when he said that, if you guys remember, the rumor was is that Microsoft was trying to get Game Pass on the PlayStation consoles. Yeah, so I, I think, it, you know, I love Phil Spencer as a PR guy. But also, like all PR guys, I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. Him, Jim Ryan, any Sean Layden before them. Like, I remember, oh, God, I was watching something and I saw a, it was decades ago now and it was pre-CEO Phil Spencer. And hearing something, what he was saying, I, whatever it was, it was like, wow, you were a totally different guy back then. And now you're 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 framing yourself as the people's gaming champion, and he's he's whatnot. coming off like a kiss ass. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, okay. I know you're going to say whatever keeps you in your position and nets you the most amount of money for your company. So anything these guys say, I take with the with the lens of you're speaking because you want to take us gamers for the most money possible. Because everybody knows at some point Game Pass is going to have a price hike. Yeah, and it's I'm not to. saying it's going to even be like a $5 hike. I'm thinking we're getting a $15 hike at some point. It, everybody knows, everybody talks about how Game Pass is probably not profitable and that it, it needs to do something to make up the, the loss. It's a loss leader. It's like Costco's hot dogs just get you through the door. It's crazy. Do $1.50, you get a hot dog and a Pepsi. Like, oh, you can't do that anywhere. It. I this is the it. second time I heard about this deal at Costco. What the hell's going on at Costco with the hot dogs? $1.50. Inflation hasn't changed its thing it's since, since I've known of Costco. <laughs> $1.50 gets you a like an 18-inch hot dog and a, a, a fountain drink. I, I love one of the greatest quotes on record. It's on record, and you can look at this, is that the CEO of Costco said, you are not changing the price of the hot dog. If you change the price of the hot dog, I'm going to fucking kill you. Because- <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Let's get back on track. Alex, uh, um, what do you what do you say to the criticism that Microsoft has purchased it in developers rather than developed them in-house? Well, I think anyone who makes that comment is ignorant to the fact that Sony has purchased most of its talent, its studios, didn't own Naughty Dog. Had to buy Naughty Dog, didn't own Sucker Punch, didn't own Insomniac, didn't own Gorilla, didn't own Housemark, didn't own Savage, didn't own Bungie. Basically, everyone but San Diego, London, and then maybe Sandy or, uh, Santa Monica, I think all the others had to be purchased, right? Because Media Molecule was purchased. Um, so most of the studios that they own were by purchases, just like Microsoft is doing now. So... It's kind of ridiculous to make fun of Microsoft for that when Sony's been doing that all along. Now, Sony did a much better job of that, and they did it earlier than Microsoft, and they've done more. Over- and they also spread it out over 20 years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and they've they definitely picked them up over the last couple of years. Um, but, yeah, it, it's one of those things where both companies have done it. They both bolstered their development talent 
by buying studios, so why is Microsoft wrong for doing it and Sony's right? They've both done the same thing. So I, I think that people who make that claim and, and lobby that criticism of Microsoft need to re-examine the argument because I think there's no argument there. So, Because because no company is going to start out with all of their talent and everybody there. They're going to look to make acquisitions and video game industry is booming for acquisitions right now. So, Well, I listen, I, I hear you and I, I agree with you on the fact, but I think the criticism is coming now because... As Daryl pointed out, Sony's been in the lead for so long, and one of the criticisms of Microsoft has always been, "Well, you guys aren't putting out good games." And I and I use that with quotation marks because you know some games are good, but I'm talking like when you when you talk about Sony and you hear about games like Horizon, The Last of Us, Uncharted, Ghost of Tsushima, when you hear about those games, every one of those games is held in such high regard. And it's always at the game of the year conversations. It's always part of the best games ever made conversations. And again, I'm not throwing shade at Microsoft, but how many Microsoft games can you say that about? Maybe a Halo, maybe a Gears of War, maybe her, uh, uh, Forza, but you can't talk about it in such a, a large capacity where now it seems like Phil Spencer who I personally think is just being a kiss ass and is trying to, you know, suck her up, to, uh, kiss the asses of all gamers by saying, oh, well, we, we got to do crossplay. We have to do this. We have to do that. And it, like he's trying to throw Sony under the bus. But then when God of War Ragnarok comes out, he puts out a tweet. Congratulations, Sony, on releasing God of War Ragnarok, one of the best games I've ever played. He's playing both sides of the fence too much. And now Phil Spencer is going out and is trying to buy the biggest game franchise of all time, but it's masked under, uh, we're buying Activision Blizzard. But no, in reality, what he's doing is buying Call of Duty. Well, there's arguments I mean, to be made that he's, and this argument has been made, that they really are buying Candy Crush. So that's what the main thing they're looking to buy, not necessarily Call of Duty. I mean, they definitely want both, but I mean, whether you like Phil Spencer or not, I mean, whether you, I mean, who knows? We don't know if he's being genuine or not. You would hope he's being genuine, but don't you want to see game companies congratulate each other and play nice, so to speak, rather than beat each other's throats and throw out little quips and stuff like that. Like, oh, we have backwards compatibility, you know, screw those guys. I mean, isn't it nice not to have the game companies fueling the fanboy wars like what's happened for so long? Nah, I want them to fan it. Let's go. Duke it out. Put the gloves on. Let's freaking fight. <laughs> All I'm right. Sell Jim Ryan versus Phil Spencer. Premium live event. I'm taking Jim Ryan. Because you're a Sony pony. Hey, it's got a rep for the home team. <laughs> All right, let's close out the show because we're uh, getting to that time and Al says to edit this weekend and he doesn't like editing shows over two hours. Hmm. Uh, let's close it out with some shout outs. Daryl, we'll start with you, sir. I'll give a shout out to you guys. Thank you for having me. Shout out to my boy Matt over there for all the times that he's come in clutch and filled in with Loot Bros. I'm going to give a shout out to the community, you know, the proven loot whore community. That's pretty good, actually. Uh, <laughs> Think all, about that on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the fantastic events we're running and all the, co the competitions and all that good stuff, man. I'm really excited. Uh, thank you. A shout out to Gareth for putting together that nice little bit of audio, kind of breaking everything down. And yeah, guys, go check out Resident Daryl on YouTube. 
I'm out buying games and dumpster diving, looking for crazy cool stuff. It's getting wild out there. All right, Matt. Shout out to you all. I really do truly appreciate being a part of both these communities, both the Loop Rose and Proven Gamer. I love podcasting with you guys, getting to talk shop. Uh, Alex, Tricky, thank you very much for allowing me on here as much as you guys do. Uh, Daryl, you my boy. Thank you very much for letting me be a part of the uh, Loop Rose community. I don't particularly need anything, but as always, I will give a shout out to my wife, V, and uh, her streaming on twitch.tv slash gamerveranza, V-E-R-A-N-Z-A. If you can give her a follow, I'm sure she'd appreciate it. She plays a lot of slice of life games, some Pokemon, some MMOs, and she mostly streams nights during the weekday, so... If uh, you see her on, just uh, give her a follow. She's got some really good content out there. But again, thank you guys. I appreciate it. I second that. Alex? Let me give a shout out to the fans. The Fuel to the Fire of this Trophy Horrors are wonderful community as my cat coughs in the background. I need to get these cats out of here while I'm recording. I told you the cats are assholes. <laughs> she, uh, she, she can't help it. She lived outside for a while. And her, she, she waited until you unmuted your mic her, to do that. Her she's, respiratory, like, she's got serious respiratory issues. But yeah, I mean, cats, they don't understand. They don't understand professional podcasting, which we don't apparently understand either. But um, give a shout out to you. Uh, speak for yourself. What tricky? Speak for yourself. Anyway, Mr. I podcast from work. I podcast from the 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 snowplow truck that I'm driving down. I podcast on Ranger playoff games. I podcast on giant playoff well, are games. You, are you throwing I'm shade a, at I'm somebody a professional. for not being here to podcast? Absolutely. Well, <laughs> you can you can guess who that is, folks. Um, gladly, hopefully, <laughs> luckily, he's not going to listen to this. So. Steve, he, he's not going to listen to the show. So I'm not worried about any feedback unless somebody from the audience somebody tells him. Which I'm sure this. I'm sure the second this show posts on Wednesday, somebody's going to turn around and say, hey, uh, Yield, Tricky was talking shit about you. Yep. Um, But no, our community is awesome. Thank you all very much. Not only just the Trophy Horse community, but also the support we get from the Loot Bros community. Uh, Thank you all very much. Second week in a row that Daryl is on the show. Uh, Great to have him on as always. Matt being on the show, bringing not only his Zelda knowledge, but all the knowledge that he's accrued from over his years of gaming. And, you know, even though Tricky's being a dick to him at the start, I'm glad Matt stuck around to have a a good podcast episode. What are you you laughing at? It's on tape. It is real. Roll back the tape. You were being a jerk. I was not being a jerk. I was saying a judges, fact. Judges, go play the tape. Play it back. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, our community is awesome. So thank you all for pushing us beyond 550. And, you know, however far we, we decide to take this thing, it'll be because of you all. So uh, we love you guys. Uh, give a shout out to Tricky. Give a shout out to Yield, who is watching his Bengals play tonight. A shout out to specifically Matt G and to Daryl for filling in and, and helping us record this fantastic, very professional sounding podcast, more than just me and Tricky arguing, which is just the usual case. Uh, and last but not least, I want to give a shout out to my loving and awesome girlfriend, Ashley. I love you, honey. And uh, yeah, that's that's going to be my shout outs. Ashley in the chat says, leave my kitty girl alone. She had a hard life living outside and has res- respiratory issues. Yeah, she, she survived. She's, she had a hard life, and she she uh, survived the mean streets of eastern, uh, of, um, the east side of Louisville, Kentucky. So it's rough out there. How how mean could those streets be? I mean, it is Well, Kentucky. I mean, she did live in a sewer, so. Hey, so did the turtles in Splinter, and they did all right. Yeah, but she's got no mutagen, so, you know. <laughs> I got too much of a laugh out of Daryl for that one. <laughs> That's good. 
Uh, Want to give a shout out to the listeners. Shout out to Sweet Mama D. Shout out to the goddess who's behind me and yelling at me because I'm taking too long on this podcast and she wants her uh, Wendy's. What about uh, The Last of Us? Last of Us premieres tonight. Yes, I'm 23 minutes uh, late for the delay. I, I think I'm going to have to wait for the show to end for it to be on HBO Max, but I'm hoping I can go over there and just start watching it. Uh, shout out to all the listeners. Thank you very much. Shout out to Skins. Shout out to uh, Latin Legacy. Shout out to Neptune Princess 86. Shout out to Matt G. Shout out to Nitro. Shout out to Batchild, who just came into the chat, who always seems to come into the chat as we close out the show. Love you, Batchild. Uh, shout out to Daryl and for Matt, uh, both filling in last minute on the show because Yield wanted to be a punk ass bitch and go watch <laughs> some football. <laughs> uh, with that said, if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Later. <laughs>is venus by the band even off their album zenith permission granted by the band and 12 stone records you can find them on facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash even philippines